Paul, you lot, you listening to Episode 229. On tonight's episode, one of the manlings is taking the day off. So we got a special friend of the show coming in to guest host. And on top of that, a special interview. Black library authors. Oh, it's like the show's getting fancy or something. It's almost disgusting. Shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage You Tools for the next maybe two hours. Wow, yes, only two. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and a couple of chuckles here and there, bringing you ghoul slayers. Yeah. And I almost forgot yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm looking at these notes. Only it's sticks. Not it's not on I'm winging. Ghoul I'm slayers, Darius Hinks, and oh my God, he's back. It's Rotor. I'm Dave, Dave you did it. You got through it. I did. That's hot. It's a hot start. Uh, hi, buddy. It's been a minute. I know. I'm so glad to have you back on. I really did not think this was going to happen again. I did. I was hoping it wouldn't, but <laughs> I took the day off, so, you know, Superman's got to come out. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm so glad to have you on here to helping out, though, today. Um, sure. I'm so excited also because we did get uh, Darius Hinks, the author of Ghoul Slayer. I got about an hour in with him that was going to be popping into the show later. How excited are you about um, that model and about that? that well, now there's two stories, right? Did he write them both? No. No. He wrote the second one and he wrote a short story in between them. Um, Who wrote the first one? Oh, oh, I don't have it in front of me. Um, I can't, oh God, I can't remember. Now I'm embarrassed. Yeah, this is what I do. I don't think you even like dwarves. I think you've forgotten the face of your father. Okay, you know what? See, you need to stop that because that's all, (laughs) that's all Barnett does when he comes over. He's like, he's like, it's a real shame that you just don't even like dwarves. He's like, you just completely abandoned them. He's like, how does it feel to completely abandon anything you care about? Uh, I'm like, oh, stop it. Yeah. You'd have Gottrek as confused as, as. The Mortal Realms, right? Yeah, yeah. David Geimer. That's who wrote it. There it is. Google my research. friend. I did. Oh, no, I love that he's back. I think it's fantastic. Um, I haven't used the model. I have the model. Of course I have the model. I have the model, too. I don't know how to use the model. And what I mean by that is, like, in a Stormcast army, especially I play the Vanguard, um, it's a real fast, slippery list. I don't know that there's anywhere <laughs> yeah, for him to go, but... Not quick. But I kind of want to run him anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. know. Because oh, he's just stupid. He's so much fun. And he, he finally stupid. fits the book. It's like the bigger the monster, the more a threat this guy is. Right. Oh, that's so great. Oh, it's so good. Let me hey, look. Let me run through the sponsors and the patrons and stuff like that, and then we can get back into talking about all things good and Gotrekky. Super fired up to say AJC. Is that coming up? Oh, no, it's not. There's no AJC. It's not on the notes. AJC's on a break. But you can say it anyway because he's, he's, he's been an associate producer long enough. We can throw him out a shout-out even if he's not here. Fair enough. I'll be quiet. Go. All right. Quick on the sponsors. Thank you to all of our sponsors, including Chaos Org Superstore. Chaos Org Superstore. Yes. And Six Squared Studios. For all your basing needs. And Grognard's Games. Not that Wakanda. <laughs> no, wait. Wait, wrong one. Not that Grognard. Uh, no, I love Grognards. We're going to do... Uh, we'll no, do a, this one is that Grognard. That's this the, is that this Grognard. Is, this is that Grognard. 
I was there that weekend, this weekend, and we had a, uh, there was an interesting time. We will talk about that in a bit. Exciting. Uh, oh, and as you mentioned, though, Patreon, folks, um, we've got a couple of Garage Gamers. Uh, I got one in the can and a couple more coming up because uh, Barnett and Harrison and I have been playing a lot of new board games, and we've got about two more coming soon from Kickstarters. So, Hit me with that sneak preview. What are you guys playing? Uh, well, we did Who Goes There, which uh, we did it a while ago, which is based on uh, the book that The Thing is based on. Dumb, but sure. Great game. Um, we've been playing the Dune board game. It finally came out. Mm. And is that is, now is that kind of leveraging the new movie that's supposed to be dropping, or is that straight back to like Herbert's? Th- books, that's straight back to Herbert's it? books. It, and this right. came out thirty years ago, and then went into copyright uh, properties hell. We'll talk. Probably put me to sleep. Not going to play that one. What else you got? Oh no, dude, that game is amazing. Uh, we've also else. we've also been playing uh, Vampire: The Eternal Struggle card game, mm. uh, the Dune card game hmm, more dune we got harrison to start reading dune okay christopher and i read that like 30 years ago and like none yes. of our friends have ever read it all and it's but so that's good because it's boring the spice no. must flow no, it's so good the books are so good are and they? so now that harrison's reading and getting into it we can pull out all these old games that we've been wanting to play that are minimum three players so we've been playing them also i picked up that 40k card game uh, it's 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 an old defunct card game. It's not that that one that they were selling from Fantasy Flight. I got it at oh. a I got it at a game auction at uh, at Games Plus. They do a game auction. People bring in their old crap and they do it twice a year. Uh-huh. It's this old forty k like card game. You lay down a bunch of planets and then you fight three rounds over planets. And whoever scores the most points of planets, they take over wins. This game's fun. Like I know I know it's a dead game, but it's fun as hell. Nothing wrong with playing a dead game, speaking of old world. Um, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> we'll bring that uh, up. Yep. I, I picked up a game called Combat Cards on uh, my iOS, on my on my iPhone. It's like a 40K. Do you play that? I heard about that. Is that any good? I don't know. Uh, we probably need to team up. Don't we also still need to team up for what's that? Uh, it's not Total War. What's the um, the Mortal Realms game on iOS? That you and I both play, but we never seem to fight one another. What is that? Oh, that's not the card game one. That was the... No. Uh, oh, what was that? I stopped. Is that... That's Realm War? This, yeah, Realm War. This is some really engaging content. I'm no, sorry. I have totally stopped. You know what it is? <laughs> they they updated and changed how everything works, and then I haven't won a game in like 40 games. And then, yeah. like, I had a guild that I was running that I was in charge of, and I was just like, yeah, I'm no, I'm good. Time out. You had a guild that you were in charge of and you didn't invite me into it? I did. You were like, bah. Mm, <laughs> I totally real convenient. Asked, real convenient. I totally asked you. Right. And you were just like, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't that play does that sound much. like me. What and else? Because you, you were playing Star Wars. Um, oh, I'm always playing Star Wars. I know. I picked up The Rise of Anvalor, which is a, a board game based on one of the mo- cities in the Mortal Realms. What? Yes. It's... it's it's, who makes this? I forget who makes it. Uh, I could go look during a break, and I'll tell you later. Uh, I got it on Amazon for like twenty three bucks, and for that cost, it wasn't bad. It's put a, a link in the show notes. I want to see this. Okay, it's called "The Rise and Fall of Anvalor." Um, Literally, never heard of it. Bananas. If you, I mean, there's was some, it in White Dwarf? No, no. This is made by some other company. They just got the rights and bought it. I don't remember seeing it in White Dwarf. Bananas. 
Yeah. And Is it good? It's it's okay. It's Do uh, I need to subscribe to your Patreon to find out? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh no, are you gonna die? What was that? <laughs> I got a I got a bit of a cold oh. too. Uh, no, I would say the game is kind of fun. Where the game lacks is the actual – the board and the pieces are kind of lackluster. Like Lack of quality construction. Yeah. Like, Interesting. We, like we, we had this huge discussion when we after we played it. It was Harrison and Christopher and I and Harrison's friend. And it was just like the game itself isn't, isn't bad, but like it just – it doesn't engage you like the pieces and the and the uh, tiles and it's just not but it's it's like plus if crazy you, question yeah could you flop out pieces and tiles with anything from either underworlds or actual like aos minis is it no is it at that scale no it's no, nothing right. like that it is nothing like that i'll send you some pictures of it well it, i'm and we're gonna do a garage coming gamer, in with a so. 6.8 on this one so mm. that is that bad Maybe. Well, it's not 60, a ten, is it? No, no. no. Yeah, no. it was twenty three bucks. I mean, for that, I figured I, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to call it a value title. That's what I'm going to. call There you it. go. Yeah. All and, right. You know, this is one that you could bring, and it doesn't take long to learn. And then, like after a couple of games, when you, when you're doing the beer and pretzels games after the real games, yeah, this is one you could totally do. D Dubs, he sold me. I'm getting your Patreon. You're going to be shouting my name out next episode. Oh, I would. I. You know what? No matter what level you subscribe at rotor i yeah. will shout you out every episode well let's shout out a couple more people dude our associate producers phil elliott mm-hmm. dwight sims mm-hmm. christopher sanders and let's pour one out let's pour it out for ajc see yeah. miss you homie all right let's bring it yeah what oh, no what i thought you were gonna say it too i thought that was the whole point um, I, I, I feel like we've celebrated him enough. What okay. else is going on? Uh, let's see. No new patrons, no executive Is producers. there any chance you've got a voicemail for me to listen to? I, and if you do, how would I place a voicemail on your show? If. Thank you. Look at you. are so good at this. Oh, come on. You've got uh, me blushing over here. Uh, all right. Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most Now, here's the thing. I'm international. What am I calling? <laughs> Most international callers just have to dial zero zero and then one seven five seven GH show six. You can call and leave a voicemail like this one that I'm about to play right now. Just a moment. I'll turn the volume up. Here we go. Hey, this is Brandon from Columbia and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to those tools in the garage again. Uh, just want to know. Uh, one, I uh, hope Alex is doing better after his hobby low. Sounds like he's <laughs> got some new uh, life blood back into the hobby um, uh, hobby situation. Uh, the other thing, uh, I wanted to know what you guys thought about the announcement um, as far as the old Warhammer Fantasy coming back. Oh, boy. Um, uh, I mean, are, are you guys excited, intrigued, or is this kind of like, low pan coming back to life and uh just to get killed again so uh anyway uh just want to know what your thoughts are so we'd love to hear about those and uh talk to you later bye all right i feel like he's making these references to like set up a little war between you and alex but guess what alex isn't on this show Yep. I am, and I know the reference. <laughs> yes, you do. What do you think about that? I've seen the movie. Alex saw the movie, too. 
It's just like so many other things. He didn't like it. Well, he doesn't like Christmas, dude. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he probably does like. What? Actually, he probably does not like the news that uh, the old world is coming back. How do you feel about that news? For Uh, real? Okay. Now. Oh, boy. boy, This is a lot lot harder than it should be. (laughs) They said two to three years from now. They did. No, you, I think you know as well as I do what that means. I they do. got the green light. They came up with a logo. That's all they've got right now. Mm-hmm. Like the two to three years, that's how long it takes to develop. Like they've, if they've got anything, it's like something written on a napkin when they were yeah. when they were in Bugman's. I don't care. Like you don't it, care. I mean, okay. Here's the thing: if it comes out and it's great, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because if it's on, if it's in trays, then you know what they're going to do. If it's in movement trays, they're going to put out those Lord of the Rings trays and say, "Use your stuff." Okay, as well they should. I'd yeah. be cool with that, and bro. I still have a Bretonian army in my closet. I still have a Wood Elf army in my closet. I have, you know, this all is of real ha- life. Yeah, I have all of Harrison's and Barnett's armies here at my house. I've got Bretonians, Dark Elves, High Elves, and. Uh, What's the other one? And uh, Chaos Dwarfs just All right. sitting on squares. Like, I, we could play it. But it's like people are, I mean, the internet lost their minds. You got people, uh, finally, they finally admit AOS is a failure. They're going back to, no, that's not what it is, dude. Yikes. They're literally just saying, hey, for those of you who have been wanting to play it, we're giving you a way to play it. But listen, I'm going to cut right through the BS. How do you feel about this? I. It's another way to, I don't care. Like, I just really don't, like, I'm happy playing AOS. Somewhere, Gotrek is having a grabber right now. He is dying that you don't care about dwarves. I do care about dwarves. I have them. I may take them in a Cities of Sigmar army if I ever rebase them, but I got to finish this army I'm doing. I am committing to finishing these night haunts, and I'm making progress, but that's for Good a for later you. segment. Okay. Um, I mean, we'll see what it is. It, you know, my guess, and I know nothing about this, if it doesn't go as a Forge World product, yeah. then it's going to be, it'll probably be like 30K. And you know what I hope? I hope they go back to like 6th edition or 5th edition Hero Hammer and mix up some rules and do something cool like that. There's no way it's going to be 8th or a new 9th. You know, we don't want to call it ninth Age because we don't want anyone else to take it and be like, that's ours. But um, I hope they just streamline some cool rules and put it back to, you know, you hear, play rank and flank. I don't want it to be like 8th again. Like, if it is like 8th, I probably won't play it because goddamn that game. Real talk, 8th was a struggle. Like, I, I look back and it, it's not the, my most fond and cherished memories of, of the old world. I'll be honest with you, though. Like, I'm kind of a mark for hype. Uh, and I say that on the back of having just you know, done my pre-order for the Sisters of Battle that they've been teasing for the last two years. Oh, did you get in on one of those? I got in on I one I was of so those. tempted, and I just kept telling myself, I was like, why? You already have, yeah, I've, you've got Space <laughs> Marines, and I've got my second army already purchased and in the wings. Maybe I'm an easy mark. It's just like that sometimes, you know what I mean? This is weird. Wait a minute. You went all in on the new thing, and I said, and I showed restraint? All in. Let's what is happening this. here? What is you know what happening? I'll tell you what it is. I don't like playing my Tau army in 40K, but I want to play 40K sometimes, right? So let's let's get some girls. Yeah. Let's get some girls up. 
there, Gort. That is that's a, this is actually listed for later, but it doesn't seem like we're following any sort of pattern at the moment. That, oh, my bad. Did I lose the notes? That's okay. All right. I was just I just had this ad in for th- those are some gorgeous models. They're they're nice. They are really nice. And they just released what looks like it's going to be the cover for the book and that looks yeah. bad ass. Oh my god. So gothicy. I literally looked at that and I said so churchy. I just asked myself today. I'm looking at it on the computer going, do I really want, do I, I could I could buy this. I could it's only totally a couple hundred bucks, you know. You <laughs> could you could sell one of your old world armies and pick it up. Um, I'm already looking to probably, oh, and I'm putting this out there for any, anybody who's interested. Uh, I'm probably going to either, I'm going to sell my older, uh, space Marines, the non, mm-hmm. the old, cause I have a lot of non-primaris stuff that I'm not using. Yeah. Uh, so my ultras are going to go and I'm probably going to sell my Stormcast. Unbelievable. Why would you do that? Cause I played them for four years and I just don't want to paint any more of them. And everything that I've got painted is like. The early stuff, so it- yeah, that stuff's tough, and I I feel like because I feel like they just hadn't quite nailed the look. Like they've figured it out now by adding all the cloth with the evocators and the sequiturs and the whatever whatevers. Um, it it's got an almost like Dark Angels feel, where it's that nice mix, and there's a warrior monk aspect to it. Whereas those that first run, it's just all metal, and it's a little one note. You know what I mean? It's just the French horns all the time. The Whereas new, now, like we're mixing in some some you know woodwinds and whatnot. It's much better. But I get like you're phone, almost starting gotcha. over, right? Yeah, I have to do. I mean, literally everything I've got is old stuff. That's the stuff that's painted is the old stuff. A lot of it's built. Like I right. could play it, sure. but it's like. First of all, I was painting that on the like the watching how Dunk doing like all the careful painting and the layers and stuff, and yeah. I've really sort of fallen in love with finding stuff that I can just contrast paint. Are the oh okay? I, are the are the ghosts a lot easier to paint than the oh than God. the yes three pos three oh, yes. p bros yes yeah. yeah this is yeah. How long does it take? Give me high level estimate. One ghost onto the table. Um, wait, let me look at this. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. I think I used eight different colors total on the entire I, ghost model. I feel like you answered a question I didn't ask. How long does it take to get a ghost on the table? Um, start to finish, I could usually do a batch of 10 or 20 in like two nights. Okay. That's pretty good. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's reasonable because as, as different armies come out and you're, if you're trying to stay competitive and your army lift list needs to shift a bit, like you're not months behind. Right? Let me put it this way. I haven't painted for a couple of weeks. I've been busy. Mm-hmm. I got the, what is it? 80 chain rasps, 30 of the guys with swords, about 15 of the guides, 15 of the guys with the, with the sickles yeah. and nine spirit hosts done in less than a month. Are you running two forty pack blobs of chain? Heck yes, rasps? I'm running the I'm running the battalion with that. Let me ask you something for real, because I've watched some people die with those things. Are, can you effectively move around, take them out of the trays, push them forward, and not get them like stuck on your clothes or your arm hair or yeah, whatever's usually. going on? I've got them in the little six squared studios, five man trays, and I just drop God, all those. Trays. I love how you weave in your sponsors. Keep going. I'm good at it. It's what I do. Shout um, stay, JC. I drop, <laughs> and I just drop those five man trays around, and then when I need to move them, I just kind of pull them out and move them. 
I, I really don't have much of a problem with it. Word. Are they magnetized? Nope. Boy, get with it. I'm thinking about magnetizing them, but the problem is they're all these stupid slot bases. So if you want to yeah. buy the ones with the magnets right in the middle, they don't go well. But yeah. literally, all I need to do, my yeah. army that I have on my Please. on paper, I've got five characters and then two yeah. other models that I have to paint. And I've got a 2,000-point list done. And then everything else I'm painting in this army is if I want to try other things. It's all gravy, baby. It right. is. No, it's yeah. it's so quick no, I love and it. easy to paint. I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm having so much fun. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Loving it. But no, the sisters are gorgeous. I yeah. And holy I, god, that's right. That's what we were talking. Oh my god, no, back it up further. Uh, so the old world. Yeah, I'm I'm on the hype train. Oh, that's right. That was the question. You're on the hype train. <laughs> Shouts to voicemail. What just happened? <laughs> Uh, this is your show. You blew it, buddy. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving where this is going. This is a. It's high energy, and that's what I like. Uh, bringing that heat. No, um, you know, if it's cool, will I play it? Sure. If I don't think it's cool, will I play it? No. And you know, maybe, it, probably. Yeah, actually, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try. It's Games Workshop. It's like put that right in my veins. I, you know. Oh, yeah, you I was going to say. Is it fair to say that you're kind of a G Dub Mark? Yeah, I really am. Hey. Buddy, I am too. Yeah. Like I, I'm still buying, you know, Underworld stuff. It's fine. Nobody's mad. Under, you know what okay, I mean? Underworlds. Like, I think. Yeah. I think I'm tapping out on Underworld. <gasps> it's over. No, I'm still playing with the. I'm still playing with my Gabos. I love them, and I might over. paint another one, but I'm not buying every one of the things to get every one. It's. I but, don't. I don't. David, you need the cards. I know, and if they would just. Isn't it Gabo Riders this weekend? What? But wait, wait, what did you just say? Gabo Riders this weekend? Gabo Ride? There's Gabo Riders? This is how out of it I am. Oh, I might be back in. <laughs> See, dude. You're a mark. It's cool. It's super cool. Totally no, no ju- hey, the, you're hey, in the trust my hobby. right now. Judgment free zone. Hey, your house. What's the definition of a hobby? I don't know. Something you spend all your extra free time and money on. Fair enough. Uh, this is my hobby. This is my pretty much my one and only hobby. Do it. Between between doing this and painting and playing and, and reading, this is my hobby. So, yes, I'm a mark. I totally admit it. But, yeah, I mean, I hope it's cool. I, I hope that the old world game is cool. I just literally had to, like, stop looking at the Internet all weekend because people were just morons. I start. I hate the Internet sometimes. I quit social media like two years ago. I get it. I know like, you did. Like it, yeah. when, when I see a tweet from you, I was like, "Oh, yeah. something! Re- this must be something he really wants to know." <laughs> yeah, probably somebody stole my phone at a tournament. That's probably what happened. No, I think the last time I saw you tweet, you literally dropped a question about something that was like, "Oh, he really actually needs to know this," and he's reaching out because. Yeah, sounds legit. Honestly, if I didn't have the Facebook page for Garage Hammer, I would I would drop Facebook in a hot minute. Like do you I have just, a Discord server? I do not. And everyone are you telling, about to get a Discord server? Everyone keeps telling me I should, and I'm just like, should I? Because it's one, it's one more thing to take. Yeah, care but it's of. so focused and it's nice. You know, I don't know because I don't know much about Discord. But oh, okay. buddy, well, See? this is this quickly became old man talk. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> what is uh, the Discord? Grandpa, I'll show you how it works. You know, right after this. Discord right is dis- Discord is what what rebels and and uh, and, and malcontents sow. That's what I know about Discord. 
there's no doubt. So, all right. So, <laughs> I suppose it's time for our first commercial break, which is not really a break because I don't. Are have you a- about to sing? There's always something happening at Grognards. Oh my gosh! Was he like real talk? How mad was he when he heard that? Was he like, dude, bro? That is not my brand. No, you know what? Todd was what? really cool about it. He's like, oh, I heard it. It's okay. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Try again. <laughs> oh, you know what though? I'll say this: like, um, on the Facebook page, people are posting yeah. that, and yeah. people are putting that in their emails to me and stuff. So it's catching on. It's it's. I'm making it a thing. Okay. I think that uh, your listeners should send in different renditions of a jingle, and let's see what we can do. You know what I would love to get, and I know you just like like when you guys did that whole the opening. You paid that guy to do the opening credits for your show. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get like that sort of fifties female. There's always something happening at, and then just get a nice little bell, ping, grognards, like an old. Yeah, 50s you are just jingle. stuck on this horrible concept, it's aren't you, buddy? So bad, but it's so wonderful. Just stubborn as a rock. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I'll go with anything. But you know, hey, I'm I, I've stopped trying to make fetch happen. But this <laughs> is happening. Yeah, dude, that timely reference makes sense. I it, like it. It works. Yep. All right. No, seriously. Grandpa, so I was at Grognards this weekend, dude. Tell me about it. Okay. First of all, no, for real, tell me about the, it. The place is still. I mean, it's it's big. It's space. They got. I, I think it's like ten. It's either eight or ten tables. Mm. Um, they're hoping to get more tables. They've got regular tables for regular gaming as well as like the what does six that mean? What's regular tables well, for regular gaming? Well, no, just like, like um, you know, like regular f- big tables and chairs for like if you want to play card games, like not oh, board games. Board games they, yeah, for other reg- yeah for non uh, tabletop war gaming. Got um, it. So they were celebrating their three year anniversary. Okay. Mm. They open at 10. I walk in about 11. There's like fruit and donuts and coffee out, right? Mm. I'm like, oh, how many, cool. How many donuts did you crush? Literally just one. <laughs> okay. I was a good boy. Okay. All right. Um, so, Jelly, jelly filled? No, no. It was just a- Fritter? It was a nice yeah. fried blueberry. Got to go with that apple fritter, dog. If, if there was an bad. apple fritter, I would have grabbed it. All right. But I uh, just grabbed a blueberry donut, had my donut- did a demo game for this game called, I think it's Free Blades. It was kind of interesting. By the time I got done with the demo game, I turned around and there's bone of beef, like trays of beef and bread and sandwiches. They're feeding us. I put out a picture, huge pile of games, like stuff from like all different game systems. Every time you give a demo or you, or you got a demo, you got a raffle card, you could give, they were collecting money for charity. Every mm. dollar you give, you get a raffle card. Every half hour, they're pulling a name and just giving away stuff. Like, I walked in and some guy got the uh, the uh, Fat Skeleton uh, Cavalry. Like, that was Ooh. stuff there. Yeah. I mean, they were giving away. Like, there was big stuff on that table. Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Yeah, yeah. Rumor has it you don't like those. I love that book. I don't like those models. You know what? Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I'm warming up to them. Are you? <laughs> I did not like them at first. I was like, "Fat skeletons, this is dumb." But just the like the samurai silhouettes uh, and the kind of chunky, there's something to them. They're kind of winning me over now. Now I'll tell you this: plus, plus, kind of like purple, and the official color scheme being purple. Every time I see a new one, I'm a little bit more turned on. See, now I like the 
purple because my whole army's in the purple. That's not what I have a problem with. And I'm going to send you something right now because Alex mm-hmm. sent me a picture of them with the regular skeleton heads. Mm-hmm. And the main, the grunts with yeah. the skeleton heads. Yeah. He was right. They look a lot better. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and sell you on on the, the tur- Ossiarch heads. The, they're they're the, pretty. <laughs> they're awful. And uh, the turkey still looks dumb. And the 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 multi legged catapult. I mean, seriously, how does that work Ooh. better than treads or wheels? Ooh, that See? does look good. Yeah, like I got that box. Shouts that they to Alex. Me. Is he? Is this what he's working on right now? No, this is. I think this is someone else's picture. Um, but I'm thinking because uh, I've got they sent me that box that I'm thinking of pulling the heads off and sticking skeleton heads on and seeing if I like them a little bit because I do want to play them I just don't I don't want to buy the turkey and you need the turkey. Do you? Is that is that that thing key is, to the success? Oh, that thing is awesome. Now what is that a is that a gun or what is that thing? I don't no, that know. thing that thing goes around and collects all the bodies off the field. Anything that dies near it, it collects and then it can spit out more stuff for your army. Oh, oh! It's like the uh, essentially a summoning area. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it summons up new units, but it puts models back in your units. If I'm correct, I don't remember 100. Okay, percent so But basically, that yeah, it's picking up the bones of the dead and making new bone reapers. Yeah, I mean that's the fluff. But yeah, it's cool. In, in game, it's essentially a replenishing unit. Yes, got it. And because it's on such a big base, and it's anything that dies within a certain range, it can do a lot. I mean, you could do. I know you don't convert, but you could probably find something suitable. A right? warjack, I mean, you know. You know something. <laughs> just, anyway. Oh, you know they're what's, not, it's, they're not okay. bad. Anyway, but uh, hey, so you were still talking about uh, grognards. This place rocks. It really does. Like I'm super excited. If you're ever in the neighborhood or in the up this way, not you personally, the royal you, like anybody. Wait, you got to check it out because why not me? I'm, just, I'm well. I mean, how often are you around here? I'm not saying it can't be you. I'm not saying it. Li- I'm, my conversation was not limited to you when I said that. That's what I meant. All right. So yeah. So then uh, I got in and I and uh, I, I I posted that I would be there till five with my army if anyone wanted to get in a game or a demo game, and I did give a pseudo demo game um, after I made the announcement. Um, uh, Someone who used to be on the show uh, has gotten back into AOS with mm. with their uh, Gloom Spite gits, and so I was mm. I was teaching Grant Fetter mm. how to play. Did you crush that noob? Uh, I I, I, I kind of did, but not yeah. not so much crush. But uh, my uh, take your toys off, mate. You know, he was actually taking off my toys, but I played to the scenario and I won on oh, the scenario. Clever boy, eh, you know. But you know, it's the you know. You make some mistakes, and then you learn, and that's what he wanted to do is figure out how to use his army. And so I was like, oh, this is what I do, and this is what you do. And it was fun. We had a good time. Um, Great. But, yeah, so, I mean, seriously, there's literally always something happening at Grognards. God, um, the song writes itself, doesn't it? I, you know, it, they, I don't know where it just it just comes to me. from. Yeah. It, it Like, sometimes it yeah. just pops into my head. And yeah, I know, like, dude. I get it. I get it. You're you're gifted in that way. <laughs> it's definitely it's, it's a gift we all have. Some of us are just more full of it than others. That's right. <laughs> I happen to be full of it. What's so, going on on these notes? We've got to move on. This is crazy. Okay, well, that was our commercial for Grognards. Listen, Grognards, oh check it out. Okay, so now we're moving on to the toolbox. Brought by the way, that by- dude got his money's worth for that. That's all I'm saying. I hope that, so. I hope they feel that they a did. Heck of a segment. Do you? Do you have a toolbox jingle we could sing right now? 
Um, hey, come on, you just tools, come see it's the toolbox. Come on around and sing about what you did. No, God, that sucked. Okay, see, sometimes you got to work it a little bit. It's it's yeah, a that gift. One's, yeah. Let's workshop that one. That felt yeah. a little forced. A little forced. Hey, I was I, I made that off off the top of my head. For off the top yeah, yeah. of my head, it was terrible. But it was not uh, as yeah. Yeah, for a minute I thought you were going to get defensive, and then I realized no, nope, he's getting dumb. <laughs> Good, <laughs> he's honest. Yep. All right. So, hey, what kind of hobby have you been doing, Rotor? Oh, boy. Honestly, uh, well, I bought Sisters. Does, does purchasing count? Purchasing Are you... always counts. It's half of oh, what man. I do. Sisters of Battle. God, they look so good. So good. Rewind the tape 20 minutes. That's that's that. But um, <laughs> I'm sitting down in my hobby area. Honestly, um, I kind of pushed to get my um, – my Vanguard ready for Herner's tournament, which you covered last episode. So I'm kind of congrats on the best painted. Mm-hmm. Come on, you didn't have to say that. No, no, yeah, no. You, you know what? No, for, you did. You totally reasons. did. You had two to. reasons I'm saying it. It's almost like I brought it up to get the kudos. Keep I, going. I was kind of surprised you won because listening to you talk about how you were getting, I'm just getting these done. I could even said I said you're looking at the best. You're like, nah, not even close, man. Just getting it done. So you're not even close. Still wins best painted, of course. You take best painted at PACA, you know, which is one of the most prestigious best painted you could win. And yeah. then when they go to multi-game system, you win best in your system and best in show. So, what? I mean, you have proven you're a, you're a treasure and, and, a, and a damn champion, if I may say. say so. But listen, I'm not here to talk about me, you know. <laughs> I'm here to listen to you talk about me. Um, no, so I'm uh, – I'm, I was super jazzed to work on my next thousand um, in the pipeline. Next, I want the just to speed along the next thousand points. I'm gonna go a little character heavy, and I'm looking at the Celestine Prime as my next dude. Um, but I'm kind of getting thoughts of Iron Jaws swirling in my head, and these sisters, and there's always Underworlds, and I've got that, you know, Gotrek and. Uh, I like to play a Christmas game, so I picked up that red Gabo just to bang him out. Um, did you? I did. He's cute. He is cute. I I cute. was thinking about it, and I'm like, I kept, I'm like, and I okay. I was looking at him. Literally, he's got a candy cane gun, bro. You could use him in any system. He is system agnostic, as far as I care. I was looking at him not two hours ago as I was going and making sure I had everything ready for the show, and I looked. And I said, "That's so cute. I should order that." And I literally said to myself, "If I put in the notes, I'm ordering that." Rotor's going to make fun of me. <laughs> You're a mark. We've already we've done this. <laughs> We're past that. But if you can't tell. I'm a mark too. I got it's you. okay. So I've you got, got the, it all. You got the gobble. I'm proud Whatever of you. It is, I've got it. <laughs> <sighs> You're making it hard for me to sell my armies. You're making me want to hoard again. Just hang on to it, you know? There's good <laughs> stuff coming over the horizon. It's always Just There's always some stormcast coming. <sighs> okay, so what else other than the purchases? Honestly, like I it, I spend more time just sort of like daydreaming and and then sort of mentally planning. Um, because what I'd like to do, I've got a really nasty habit of just buying one of everything and two of whatever I want to paint right now. Um, and so what I'd like to do is with these iron jaws is, um, get the list down before I go to the store. Right. And so then like, I can just be like, all right, cause I only want a thousand points. I'm, I'm cool stopping there. So it's like, uh, maybe a cabbage and some pigs and, 
except the pigs aren't uh, – or no, they are battle line, right? So it's like they two units of pigs and the cabbage or something like that. Like that's a really bad army, but I feel like that would be fun to paint. So I'm kind of looking at that. Iron Jaws are pretty cool. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. Right? Yeah. No, I, I get that 100%. So is that is that the extent of, of the daydreaming? Or yeah. Is it more? Well, I mean, listen, uh, Jedi Fallen Order just dropped, so I can only do so much. Right? Did you get Did you get that? Whoops! You totally got it. Of course. What? Okay. Yeah, no. 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 Yeah. No. Is it? Is it? Because here's the thing: I'm actually thinking of opening a Steam account just to buy that. I don't have it on PC. I'm a. I'm still a old school console gamer raised on Nintendo, so I've got it for my Xbox One. Well, um, see, Harrison's got his Xbox One, but he took it with him to college. <laughs> hard times, daddy I know, and I don't really... But here's the thing. I, I didn't care because I, I haven't played video games in years since I got into this hobby. In fact, once again, as you know, I got into this hobby because my wife threatened me to get out of sitting... I spent an entire summer playing Lost Odyssey right. on my Xbox, and she's like, you have to find a new hobby. Do you think years later she regrets that? I think... Like, Probably, although that's real ground zero for what this show became, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I, I got into Warhammer because I <laughs> wanted to paint models. I'm like, I like to paint models. This looks like a fun game. And then Barnett's like, you have no idea. It's awesome. Now, your wife is bananas nuts about Star Wars, though. How do you not have Fallen Order in your house? How did she not pre-order it, knowing nothing about it, but just to have it as a Star she, Wars? Fanatic? Okay, here's how the conversation went. Please, this, this conversation was today's Monday. This conversation was Saturday. Mm. Um, she's like, did you hear about this new Star Wars video game? I'm like, yes, I did. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, um, she goes, were you thinking of getting it? I'm like, I haven't played video games in years. And she's like, oh, I know, except now, you know, she does the cosplay <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, if since and the tattoos, she's, I, yes. I feel like she's kind of crossed over in a crazy person land, a bit. which by the way, I love Mark out. Let's yeah. Go this, for it. Right. She, uh, she said to me, she goes, you know, since now that now everything they put out now is canon. That's the rules. Mm-hmm. So now she's like, well, I just want to know if you were going to get it. Because if you did, I wanted to see if there were any good, cool characters to get some costume ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I wasn't because Harrison's got his Xbox. I go, and I don't know if it's on other Ugh. systems. And she opens it up. She goes, it's on PC. And I said, well, I don't, I, I don't know why she's not already keyed in on that second sister. That, that Inquisitor chick is dope looking. Yes. You know who I'm talking about? Um. Uh, Bad girl wears black on the cover of the on the cover right. of the. <laughs> you don't mean Dark Ray. No, I mean the second sister. She's one of seven Inquisitors. Come on, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. No, even no. Star Wars. I don't. I don't know. I, I sometimes. Yeah. I, I really like Doctor Spock. You know. I don't know. Yeah. No, I get it. That's cool. Yeah. No, he knows a lot about raising babies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crossover. Trying. Uh, but so I, I guess I got the green light to get it. So I think I'm picking it up because she you wants should. to see if there's any. I, I heard it's really cool. I definitely want to. Do, that's something I would definitely want to look into. I'm waiting. Harrison's coming home Friday. So I'm going to talk to him because if he's planning on getting it for the Xbox, then I'm just like, maybe I'll hold off on getting it on Steam and just play it when he comes home. For sure. But yeah, that would require him to bring his Xbox home. So I don't know. I'm probably just going to get on Steam. Or. Crazy idea. We accept the fact that Harrison's a grown adult and he's moved out, and you buy yourself a new Xbox. Christmas is right was, around the corner, bro. Do you I, see? Do you see? 
See, it all I, makes sense. It all does make sense because I literally have been trying to figure out. Everyone's asking me what I want for Christmas. And An like, Xbox. I'm like, maybe a sound bar, maybe a new stereo for the basement Boring. stereo system. Terrible. Who does that? Yeah. Stereo system? But don't you just get a portable speaker and a Spotify account? What are no, you talking about? No, 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 because I got the full surround in the basement, but the stereo yeah. that I'm running it on is so old, the new TV can't really hook into it, so I need a new stereo for my full surround system because I like surround sound. Well, I mean, yeah, I maybe I need an Xbox. Thank you, Rotor. See what I did? Xbox for and Sisters Christmas. of Battle and Sisters. Well, I'll get that for myself. Are we doing a commercial? What are we even talking about? Uh, we're doing the. We're doing the. <laughs> we're doing the toolbox. All right. Oh, oh my god. So anyway, so I'm almost done with those Stormcast. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I uh, I got I was online and a friend of the show William Scott. Shouts to to uh, Big Bill. Yeah, Big Bill. He's also a cosplayer. He, he, him, and Heather have exchanged patches and stuff like that. Um, five first. Yeah, yeah. I think he's Rebel Legion, but he, yeah, or I don't know if he's five hundred one or Rebel Legion, but whatever. It's six one half dozen of the other. Stink. Hey, uh, what what does he go as? Um, I think he's a stormtrooper. In fact, I know he's a stormtrooper. In fact, he's working on a snowtrooper costume, possibly, which All is right. appropriate because so- he lives in Alaska. Oh, oh my gosh! All right, so That's cool. Uh, Keep the mosquitoes off him. Yeah, what? he had two Soul Wars boxes, and he decided he didn't want the Death Army, so he gave me those two Death halves at a really good price. Uh, and so Alex needed some of it, so I got two new Death or Night Haunt halves of the Soul Wars set. Alex got one Executioner and twenty of the chain rasps so i just built the 20 chain rasps before we got on the call today uh, okay i'm building that up my army is okay my night on army is getting pretty Wait. solid complete so does that bring you up to a hondo then 110 oh my god what do you what's so are you gonna go to 120 and run three blobs of 40 well i got two 40s but then yeah. if i ever need to fill out a 10 here or a 20 there just to do space now i've got that extra i don't have enough for 340s i don't think i necessarily want 340s you're 10 away from 340s bro yeah but yeah i might have to get 10 more i don't know is there a is there a uh a battalion that leverages three of those big dogs no the battalion is two but it's a nice battalion it's almost like they're telling you knock it off <laughs> Like, bro, well, <laughs> you're good. Trust us, you're good. Well, and like I said, I just wanted some of the other stuff, though, that came with it. That's what I was oh. looking for. No, the battalion I play is a spirit torment, one unit of chain gas, and two chain rasp hordes. And as long as they're near... Hey, this is what it is, though. Right. As long as those chain rasp units are within 15 inches of the other models, they get to reroll failed hit rolls. Very exciting. That's a good... Dude, Rerolling all failed hit rolls is pretty Actually, good. Actually, that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. So, but I, I just, this is what Alex kind of helped me learn how to play my army, which is what I was going to talk about under gaming, so I'll skip that right now, but. No, uh, let's jump to gaming. Okay. Cause, yeah, because the rest of this, who cares? Um, who cares? Yeah. Um, so what I do with my Night Haunt is they can really move. I give my one character, one character has the plus three inch movement to everyone who starts the movement phase within a foot of him. And so I put my characters down. I put those big hordes of chain rasps in the ground. Mm-hmm. 
And then I just, with a plus three movement and a run, I mean, these guys move like eight or nine. The guy with the wings moves like 12. Mm-hmm. So jump them up. Onto the, they run right close within three of the objectives, like on three places of power. So I run all my characters up on the first turn. They, they get on the objectives. And yep. then I just, the chain rafts, you got to call them up near oh, nine inches away from the enemy. So then I just circle the characters with the chain rasps. Right. Um, then I got the other the the two heavy hitters that I move then in where I need them. But then it's like just chew through them, and if you don't kill them, I'm going to use all my spells and my abilities to just put a few back on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, chain refs get killed a lot, but there's a bunch of them, and I just try to n- not let them die completely and hold the objectives. This is a good. This army moves fast. Yeah. I mean, my one guy. I mean, their command ability is. Hey, spend a command point, grab a grab a unit from anywhere on the table, and bring them near that guy. Are Ghosts and Stormcast the only two armies you've played in AOS? Uh, for tournaments, yes, I've played some. I've played with uh, uh, the the dwarf stuff. I still had the dwarves when it first started. But you I haven't never... tried out like Free City, though. No. What else you got? Um. Yeah, that's about it. That's uh, I think that's everything. Awesome. Because I played, like I said, I played with the Night Hunt, and that's what I did. I fly forward, land on objectives, try not to die, score the points before the game's over. That's literally what I do with this army. I think that's what they're good at. Because they're not the hardest killers, and they don't have a lot of wounds. No. Uh, they're ethereal, but you know enough things with one, to kill. You know, one if wound, you, models die. If you had the ability to play any army right now, like, oh... Vince Venturella painted it. It's perfect. It's every uh, unit selection that you made. Would you prefer to play a smash mouth army that goes right at the enemy and wipes them out? Or would you prefer to play a Trixie army that plays to the objectives and is slippery and is move heavy and maybe isn't a great fighter? I think I'd go with smash mouth. You would. So give me your dream army then. Do you want a Brutes? Do you want corn? I think if I, if I had my druthers and I was going to pick something, if dwarves were really good, I'd pick one of the dwarf armies. But I just they that's aesthetics, though, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, fire slayers—they kind of do run forward and punch things. I think that's what they do. Uh, there's just not so many units. It's just not grabbing me, you know. Uh, honestly, for a long time. I was trying to build that Smash Mouth few models thing, and it was either between the Brass Stampede or the Iron mm-hmm. Jaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. I, with that new book, man, I think Brutal I go Iron Corn, Jaws. Right. I think the Iron Jaws are the ones, man. Like the with the big wah and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and you can you can pepper in a few of the other orcs just to do it. But no, I think if I'm going to run forward and punch people in the face, it's going to be orcs. Do you want them yellow? I've never painted yellow. That might that that might you, be. You don't have to paint it. That's the thing. Oh. There's no anxiety. Vince will paint it for you. It's crazy. If Vince is okay. If Vince was super generous, for me, yeah, I would be Christmas like, gift. if Vince Ventrell is painted, dealer's choice: red with check marks, green, brown, could, yellow, could be pink. Still could turn be pink. out. If the way he paints it, yeah. pink it up. He'll pull, he'll pull it off. Pink's is the best. That's pink it up and pull it off. Exactly. There you go. There you go. What about you? Mm, you I play- like the slippery stuff. I think it's um, the Smash Mouth is really fun um, in one-offs, but I over time I enjoy 
that the slipperier things give me a varied game. And um, that's why I'm, I'm loving these, these Vanguard Stormcasts so much. You know, I'll never make top table. That, that's irrelevant. Um, I feel like I can always pull out a couple moves. I've always got something in the back pocket. And I can go, like, slide in, and, and I've got a shot at collecting points. And that, to me, is just a more engaging gaming experience. So whether it's them, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I haven't played um, a ton. I've played Korn. I've played uh, Seraphon. I've played these guys. Um, I think that's – I've played, you know, teammates with Caradron Overlords. Um, they're a lot – more interesting than people think they are, by the way. Um, oh, but, I think. Oh, I, no, I, I think Caradron are really interesting. Yeah, look out for the dudes with the drills. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I like the slippery. I, this is going to sound super dumb. The Vanguard list that I'm playing, this is it's making me super happy. I, I don't want a different army right now. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Iron Jaws. I, I recognize that, but that's just because I'm. I want to try to paint something else because, you know, to your earlier point, spraying gold isn't the most exciting thing, you know, and maybe I shouldn't have picked that color scheme. Maybe I blew it by just going cover boys. I don't know. Um, but I really like the way they play. It's fun. See, and that's what I'm with my, I mean, I've only had the three games with the night haunt and that mm-hmm. seems to be how they play. It's like, they're not really great at fi- like these hordes of these things are not all that awesome. But they can grab and hold the objectives, and you can play the objective game and not right. the Smash Mouth game. And right. it is it is fun, yeah. but at times I almost fe- it it feels weird to me. It I mean, it okay, I do okay. think if you play a Smash Mouth uh, style army, unless the deployment is really bad, you can always be in it. Whereas if you're playing an objective game, and the way the objectives are either laid out or there's only one, and it's worth you know eight points, and you have now you have to go into the teeth of a corn army and you can't really deal. Like, it's it's just a harder game sometimes, um, whereas the Smash Mouth is a more consistent game, I think is probably accurate. I, I think that's um, where I'm at with it is because I like this a lot, but mm-hmm. I just feel like, I feel like, especially if I take it to a tournament, I feel like there's a really good chance, so, like, I'm just going to get sucker punched. Like, I'm just going to take a hard hit. Because well, the problem is you can't summon with this. Once it's deleted, it's gone. Mm. You can only replace as long as there's something left. And th- that's where, yes, I got a ton of this stuff, but if you hit it hard and it starts to get deleted, uh, I'm in a world of trouble. Right, right. So, but that might be just with my inexperience with the Army, too. So who knows? But, hey, I'm just excited to be having uh, – I mean – you know, I'm gonna have a, a full. I've got two thousand points painted in a couple of months. That's bananas. That's, That's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's really it. It's energizing me. I mean, last night I sat down and I did all the bases for the two. Are you still doing custom jobs? I rolled out. I used the last of my milliput, oh, and I rolled out all man. those bases last night. God bless, dude. And I'll tell you this. Not only that, this is the worst kind of job because after I rolled out all the bases and I cut them with the cookie cutters. Yeah. Then I had to flip them upside down, put the base on it upside down, and take an exacto to cut out the slotta slot because this entire army is on slotta bases. Oy. 
So then do you push the, the ghosts into like the soft putty to like lock them in or no, what do you, I, how do you get them on there? Uh, what I literally did was I turn it upside down and I, I, I put the, the slotta base over it and I cut that part uh, out with, <gasps> with the putty. And usually I don't cut it perfect, so it's a little mm-hmm. tight. So once mm-hmm. it's dry, I go to pit it in there, and wherever it doesn't fit, I can take an exacto and like gently scrape off a little more and a little more and a little okay, more until it fits. You're not like you're not cutting the tab off completely. No, I'm not cutting the tab off at oh, all. I was having a heart attack for a second. No, like, that's dude, the worst. Some of all these your stuff's going to break within a year, dude. Some of these guys are literally just like the bottom of the ball on their ball and chain is the only thing there. No, I'm cutting. Right. I'm cutting slots in the bases i'm making so that i can fit the whole slotta in i love slots it's so much work but i like how it looks when i'm done that's awesome and i got a whole hell of a bottleneck but that's awesome oh it slowed me down like i wanted to paint last night and all i could do was build bases plus i bought three boxes of skulls from citadel because i decided i'm going to put skulls all over the bases yeah yeah you know it did, you you got to put a lot of skulls on some of these bigger pieces. I know. you got to make them skull bros. It's awesome. So what I totally decided was this whole army was from a, like all of the dead people that they raised. They were slaughtered by corn. Mm. And so now the ghosts have come back, and just to aggravate corn, they just keep all the skulls from the people they kill so he can't have them. So it's like a big fing- middle finger to corn. Then that's why there's that's- skulls all over all the bases. Love it. Right, that fluff, buddy. Got to have some reason to have. I realized when it's all I'm like, why are there no other bones? Oh, I know why. Because they don't make those. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Well, I, I I grabbed all my old skeleton bits, but there's no just bone bits. Like there's nothing that really works just as a bone bit. I'm like, oh criminy. Right, right. Somebody actually suggested, why don't you just go in and, and you can just make some out of the putty? It's really easy. To, I'm like, no, no. They've literally, never met you, have they? <laughs> I was like, no, that's not happening. No. Okay. Happening. All right, listen, let's I want to cover one or two things and then we got to take uh, our next break and I'm going to put the I'm going to put the interview with with Mr. Hankson next. All right. Um two quick things. Um, one, I want to show for something here that I'm not getting paid for. They're not sponsoring this, uh, but I really liked it. I subscribe to AOS Reminders. Have you have you tried this? Oh, I love it. Are you kidding me? Seriously? I'm so dumb at this game and I don't play it enough to like lock in. That is a lifesaver, hundred yeah. percent. It's like ninety nine cents a month. I was like, oh, a year is nine forty nine. I just bought in for a year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like the like the dude who made this. If you don't know what this is, by the way, you it's got this whole. You just click on pick your army, and then it's literally got everything listed: units, traits, artifacts, battalions, uh, spells, endless spells, all everything, scenery, triumphs. Um, you click on. Keep going. Keep going. What, uh, realmscapes, realm features, yeah. commands, everything. It's got literally every special ability you can have, and you just click down and pick your unit from your army. And if it has any of those abilities, yeah, then it just gives you a list, and it you yeah. just print out a PDF. Yeah, and it's I mean it's got it all in order. Start of the it's- game, start of the hero phase, end of the hero phase, start of this, start of that, end of that. Just run down the list. It lists all your spells. If you put it in there, and then the best part is. You don't have to have everything. Like if you know your spells like the back of your hand and you don't need those on the reminders, you just click those off. But I printed it out for Night Hunt. It's six pages long, and it's like every Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's worth it because unless you're 
playing very often. I think that's the thing. It's not that you're dumb or, you know, you're not a good player. It's that it's how often do you play? And, you know, there is, there's such a timing thing with so many of the rules, whether it's the start of the hero phase, end of the movement phase, you know what I mean? Like where it gets real finicky. And if you miss it, you know, for a lot of us, like there's a level of integrity of like, Oh, I missed it. Well, it's fine. Move on. That's that's how I'll I'll remember for next time. You know. So, but if you right, and but eventually you, you do. That, yeah. But if you have that, like it's it's a real quick review, and it's it's in order. You know, uh, against whatever phase you're in. So it, it's I just find it to be an absolute lifesaver. Unless you Plus, know, you're... It's, it gives me the rules again. So it's like a little rules refresher too. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you can just read it and be like, oh, yeah, my dudes do have a missile weapon. I never use it because it's only a nine-incher or whatever. Yeah, or when you've got that weird shooting during the hero phase. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, hero f- Oh, I do have this. Okay. Oh, good. yeah. That guy's got the thing. Cool. I, I mean, I write out cheat sheets before every tournament, and it takes forever. Now I don't have to. Now you don't have to. I mean, if, if you're one of those guys who has your army memorized like the back of your hand, maybe you don't need this. But for everybody I know who plays... You could totally use this. It's AOSReminders.com. And seriously, check it out because it's, it's so good. It's worth it. Uh, last thing before the break, uh, I just want to give a thank you to our uh, the, the members of the Facebook page. After the last episode, we had a bunch of people commenting. What, um, what happened? What was the last episode? Last episode was when I, I was talking about the Bone Reaper models. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you don't like them, right? <laughs> you don't like those things at all. Oh, my gosh. I was losing my – I was like, this guy, for a G-Dub Mark, this is crazy. This Your is, reaction was nuts. I, you went deep on that okay, hatred. First deep! of all, a couple of things. Mm-hmm. First first full army I never liked, so I had to at least address that. Had to. Um, I cut like 12 minutes out of that when I edited Unbe- it. How? Where? <laughs> Dude. Unbelievable. I was I. There were parts where I was just losing my mind. Um, now, you walked it back like literally no less than five times. I walked it back three times during the discussion and once during the end. Because look, here's sh- the, I don't want to. You did like a Marvel post scene credit where it was just like you begging for forgiveness. It was bananas, kind of. But here's but because I know what social media is like, and I just like I don't want people getting all pissed and, and freaking out at me, which is what I want to say. Why I'm bringing this up. People in our Facebook group, a lot of people disagreed with me. I seem to be in the minority here, but they were all really cool about it. Like, they're like, I get, in fact, one guy was like, I am the exact opposite. All the models you like are the ones I don't like, and everything you hate, and the reasons you hate are the reasons I love it. I'm like, cool. Um, To the few people who are emailing me. Don't. Listen. Get on Discord. It's not just that. (laughs) Oh. I, I wasn't walking back my opinion, but I was. I, I thought I was your very. Your heart is breaking right now. What What did they say to you? I David? was. I just thought I was very clear that if you liked it, good for you. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't. Um, he does. But that's that's my opinion, and I'm owning it. I will say. I'm not stepping it back. At, yeah, you are. You you walked it back. I'm owning like it. no, it's five th- times. It's crazy. But listen, it, there is one thing that sort of happens, which is. When a guy like you has a large bully pulpit and a large, um, you know, uh, amplification that you do with with your reach, it sometimes feels like, well, wait a minute, 
this is crazy. You need to hear from someone else, you know, and, and it, it can make other people feel like they need to respond in kind. You know what I mean? No, that's, that's fine. And I, like I said, most of the emails I got were really cool and I responded and I'm like, Hey, I'm just throwing it out here in case anybody else decides they want to email me blanket statement. I'm not changing my mind on the big things. Although that skull one, it didn't look too bad. I'm going to give it that. Uh, Alex was right. Alex was right. Those guys do look much better with the skull on them. Um, but I just, it's not, it, I'm going to wind up getting them eventually because I, I want to play the <laughs> army. You know I am because I want to play the army, but I don't like, I don't like the models. I just don't. It's about the first time in 10 years I was so damn negative. So maybe I shocked people. I don't know. I, I think you shocked yourself. I, all the walkbacks you did. <laughs> Must have been out of breath walking back so much. Crazy. Concerned for you, buddy. I know. I know. Don't so. have a grabber. This is not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So that was all I had to say about that. So that was the toolbox and the Grog Darts commercial <laughs> and the picture. Oh, my God. How long is this first segment gone? Oh, it's two segments because we did the opening and then the commercial, which we did live. And this we've been on an hour. Oh, okay. So um, how long is Mr. Hinks? It's an hour. Hot. So we're going to take a break right now, go to commercial, and then when we come back, it'll be myself and Mr. Hinks. Um, I don't know that the energy level will be exactly the same. Uh, what? It, well, I, I, might, I might be at least a little bit quieter. Uh, it, I was. It, Is he British? Yes. So we had the six-hour time difference. So this was me on a Wednesday morning at 4.30. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he was nice enough to talk with me in the in in the morning there, and we were on for like a good hour talking all things uh, Black Library, Gotrek, and Felix. Um, and when Can't we're wait. done, we'll be me and Rotor will be back uh, afterwards to wrap things up. Oh, great! Okay, all right. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. Uh, and folks, as you know, I do like to uh, cover the occasional Black Library book. And anybody who's been listening to the show knows Gottrek Gurnison is just about my favorite character uh, in all of the war- the old world and in the mortal realms. And I am so lucky to be here today 
with the author of Ghoul Slayer, a Gottrek Gurnison novel, Mr. Darius Hinks. Darius, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. It's cool to be here. Um, wow. Okay. So now you just got off the big Black Library weekend, right? Yes. Yeah, it was great fun, actually. Yeah, it was. Um, I was just there on the Sunday, so I was there, and everybody was a bit. Um, everyone was a bit dazed and confused from the Saturday night. By the time I got there, <laughs> but um, it seemed like everyone was having a good time. Yeah. So yeah, and it's it's um it's one of my favourite events to do. There's always such. Have you ever ma- managed to make it over to one of those? I have weekend? not managed to make it I, to Europe yet. Um, I'm hoping oh, okay. too soon. That's um, a good excuse. It's a good excuse to come if you ever make it over. I can definitely recommend the weekend. It's just a great atmosphere. They run it in um it's in a big hotel called the Belfry, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a really relaxed atmosphere. It's not like some of the other conventions I've been to that can be a bit frantic. Uh, and full on this is just a really laid-back atmosphere and everyone's just sat around in armchairs chatting and the authors aren't in a rush to get off anywhere so if if you spot your favorite author you can just kind of grab a a seat and have a natter it's always already everyone just always seems in a great mood at the weekend yeah see that's what i heard my friend greg dan um he's been to several of them and yeah it's like without well because it's just for the books it's not a big gaming convention there's not people running around trying to get this that and the other done it's just no i think there's a few games go on but yeah it's mainly about the books yeah 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 that that sounds it sounds like it's really good every time i hear about it coming up plus they always announce some of the cool new little books and especially at this point of the year we get to see all the uh you know the advent calendar and the yeah yeah there's always good stuff and they do yeah they do a big seminar at the end yeah. Um, talking about new stuff that's coming out but um but i think the best thing is i mean usually there's pre- pretty much every black library author there usually bar one or two there's almost a whole roster of people that are writing for black library so whichever author you're interested in you're probably going to be able to grab a chance to have a chat with them um which is just really nice and and yeah and they it's just everyone just seems in a great mood so yeah it's always good fun going to those so, yeah yeah it was a good weekend actually and I got to talk about, I've got a, there's a new Blood Angels book that's just been uh, announced recently for me. So I was talking about Blood Angel-y things with another another author, Guy Haley. So yeah, I had a good time actually. And I managed to, I managed to get rid of all the chocolate brownies that I'd made. I made about a thousand chocolate brownies <laughs> to force on people at this event. And I was dreading bringing them all home, but I managed to, I managed to get rid of the last one just before I left. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so you're a baker too on the side nice well i wouldn't go that far i, I bought a packet with some powder in and added some water <laughs> to it and put it in the oven but that's kind of baking isn't it i think it kind of counts they tasted okay anyway uh so no no paul hollywood or mary berry coming and judging I don't on think you so, not, okay yeah, no, i don't think it's if the writing career fails i don't think i'll be able to fall back <laughs> on my baking skills it's not quite that advanced <laughs> so how did you how did you wind up um working with black library i mean I, as as a, as a guy on the outside, I see the the you know send in your writing sample, send in all this stuff, and then yeah, a lot of people yeah. sending they send in and stuff. And I know it's I know it's not an easy uh, so, thing to get in uh, at Black Library, and like you said all of yeah. them were there, but that's still a pretty elite little group. How'd you get in? Yeah, so I mean, maybe maybe in a way it was easier for me because when I because I'm so old, I was around in uh, when Black Library was first <laughs> starting up, um, um, and uh, so I worked at Games Workshop. So I got um, so as as a child, I always wanted to be a writer. So I used to when my dad bought a computer instead of playing computer games. This was in the 1980s. I, I was using the word processor processor to write um, yep horror stories and things like that. So I've always I'd always wanted to do that, and then. 
and then I briefly had a, well, I had actually, I say briefly for 10 years, I was a musician. So, um, and then that career went wrong. So I was looking for a, a new thing to do. And I, I knew all about Games Workshop. Um, and I knew a little bit about Black Library, but it had only recently started up. I think it only started about 98. And I got a job there in 99. So the, I was actually working in the Black Library in those really early days. Um, and I had a really just a really junior role in the team. I was called editorial assistant, okay. which meant I used to um, proofread things or, or scan things in. And so I guess by being in there, I saw how things worked. And I knew that they wouldn't I, – I was a bit sneaky. I knew they wouldn't necessarily um, – take me seriously if i said oh hey i i, I could be an author and um, so i i uh, i submitted things to inferno magazine if you remember inferno magazine yeah. well, it's back again now but the old the old inferno magazine so i i started submitting stories to inferno magazine um but i did it under a pseudonym because i thought they'd just laugh at me if i said i was i was wanted to be an author uh and i kept submitting things and eventually they they agreed to buy a short story called calculus logi was the first one and then i admitted who i was and they didn't sack me on the spot they didn't fire me so i managed to um uh, get past that and then they yeah and then they commissioned my first story so i suppose it's not so similar from nowadays people usually submit short stories but i imagine nowadays there are a lot more people trying to get a foot in the door uh, black library is a much bigger concern than it was in those days um so yeah i did a few short stories and then i wrote a warhammer background book called the witch hunters handbook that was uh a little leather bound it was a really cool looking thing um uh but that was set in old warhammer and then warrior priest was the first novel i did um and then over the years um i used to write novels in my spare time around a full-time job and it's only a couple of years ago i managed to go full-time um which means i can write loads loads and more novels now i used to write about one a year now I'm trying to write about four or five novels a year. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, well, I'm lucky because I'm really lucky being able to do it full time. Not many. I mean, as you probably know, even the most successful authors usually have got at least a part time job. Most of them have got a full time job. But but I'm able to do so much stuff for Black Library now that I can I can make it a full time job, which is really lucky. Um, so I'm uh, yes, I'm I'm getting to do lots of cool stuff. So you're so you're you. I think primarily, at least lately, what's been coming out, you have a lot of 40K stuff It, it was. Out. Yeah, I mean, originally I was a Warhammer. I was a Warhammer I was say, your first author, fantasy author first. was Warrior Priest, which I've read that. And yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize your first book was a fantasy novel. I thought you were primarily uh, 40K. So that's uh, you're, you're back to your roots, we could say. Definitely. I always, yeah, I always, I, 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 in a way, I feel more at home with the, the fantasy side. That was um i knew more about that that background law uh, and 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 40k novels for me actually came later but yeah i think you're right recently i've mainly written 40k um but to be honest i love it all i think all, all the games workshop uh, ip is just great fun and even if there's a if games workshop asked me to write about something i don't know particularly well um I'm, i've really enjoyed doing the research and and digging into it and um but yeah so but yeah going back to ghoul slayer to me it did kind of feel like a homecoming especially with gotrek being a character from the old setting and from the gotrek and felix books which were um amongst the first books i ever read of games uh, from black library so um yeah it did kind of feel like a homecoming um i have i did write um a stormcast eternal 
short novel as well called uh, Stormcast. So I had written in Age of Sigmar oh, okay. before. Yeah, so it was, it's kind of the second thing I'd done really well. So, um, I, how do you, like, how did, did you have to ask for Gotrek? Like, I mean, I know the, I mean, there's so many, as you put, there's got a lot of IP out there. Yeah, or, yeah. Or did they, I mean, how does that work? Or were they like, hey, we're, you know, we're going to be doing some more Gotrek stuff. Anybody want in? Or do you have to put in? The yeah, room? they asked with that. So, so it can work either way. So, um, if an author, uh, a trusted author, has an idea for something they'd like to do. The Black Library will, will usually consider that. So, so some of the novels I've written, uh, Sigvald and Orion in the in the old Warhammer, they were both things I asked if I could write them. Um, and then I think Mephist, the Mephiston books I did for 40k were the same. But yeah, there have been other things like um, I did a 40k novel called The Blackstone Fortress, uh-huh. and they asked me to do that. It was a really exciting thing to be asked. And then with Gotrek, it was the same. So they'd had a a change of plan, really. So previously, Gotrek's always been associated with just one author. Obviously, going back to the days of Bill King, right? Um, and then, and then I think after that it was Nathan Long. I think was next. Yes. Uh, and then am I missing? It? And then David Geimer. And and what they'd, they'd made a, a conscious decision that he's such a cool character. Uh, they wanted to broaden him out and throw him out. So David Geimer is still writing things like the the Realm Slayer audios, and I'm sure he'll do novels again but i think what that what they're trying to do now is have a whole selection of people tackle gotrek so we get some slightly different takes on the character in in the way that you would with something like uh spider-man or um you know uh, or can't think of a good example but yeah so or just about any of the tackling. comic book characters right i mean they've got you know Bat- yeah. batman's only got like six six different books six different authors right yeah yeah but it's always interesting to hear a different i mean with batman i guess it's even with the same when you talk about the different artists how they tackle him it's really fun right. to see the, the different styles so so yeah as soon as so they asked me if i'd write ghoul slayer well they, they asked me if i'd write a gotrek novel uh, and i was super excited uh, and i said yes straight away um because he's he's such a great character and i, I know the character really well and i think one of the challenges for an author is often at the start of a novel, he's trying to get your head around a character and thinking, what's he all about and um, what's he trying to achieve? Whereas with Gotrek, I already kind of knew that. So I know him of old from the Warhammer setting, but I'd also listened to the Realm Slayer audio drama. So I even knew, because David did such a good job in that in the audio drama, I know where his head's at now in the new setting. Um, so it felt like a really... Um, it felt like it, it was already really set up for me. So yeah, I jumped at the chance to do it. Uh, and I fancied the idea of doing a, a kind of gory, I don't really know, really gory horror novel um, for Games Workshop. Yeah, so that's how I ended up thinking I'd set it in, in the realm of death. Um, yeah, so they asked me, but I was really pleased to be asked with that one. So, um, okay, and I do want to get to some of the some of the stuff in the book. And you mentioned Orion, which I've read Orion. And now that you mentioned that, I'm look, cool. I'm already thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I can see all these little parallels and things going oh, on cool. here. Yeah. Um, so okay, so you, you, you're going to do Gotrek, you're going to do Ghoul Slayer. You've got this idea. Um, so how much do you like? I know they've got people there who keep track of all the lore to make sure, especially yeah. with the 40k yeah. stuff. You hear it a lot. There's you know, an ama- you- yeah, there's an amazing editor. The editorial team at Black Library, sorry to interrupt, but the editorial 
team there. They're quite unique, I think, because I've worked with other publishers and I've spoken to other authors to have an editorial team like that, that that really know everything about the characters and the setting. And they're the kind of custodians of, of the intellectual property, more so than the author in some cases. So, yeah, there's – sorry. Right, there, you, no, track, no, no, that anyway. was my question because you've got them I, – I, I've called them jokingly, uh, you know, the keepers of the, lo- of the lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how much do you have to throw past them before – I mean, obviously, they're ed- the editors, but I'm just wondering how, how much – uh, like leeway or freedom you get, or if they've, yeah. or if they've got a, if they've got sort of a an arc that that we have to sort of keep within because they've got an idea where he's going. Yeah. So 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 Gorsley. So so I'd say I would say it's, it's a case by case basis. Every book is probably different in terms of how much free free reign an author has. So so with Gorsley, I did have quite a lot of free reign, but there was so there were a few provisos at the start, um, which was they asked me. If I could, um, so Malaneth, uh, there's a there's a character in the book called Malaneth, who's um, a Knight assassin that now that is now effectively working for uh, the Order of Sigmar, and they asked, um, they were keen. They, I mean, they didn't say I had to, but they were keen for her to carry on as a kind of sidekick for Gotrek in the novel. But I thought that I was really happy with that because I really enjoyed her in the audio drama. I thought she was a really fun character. But beyond that, they gave me almost um, no limitations. They, so I chose, yeah, I chose the setting. I chose the, yeah, yeah. There was it was a pretty open. They expected me, of course, to have read previous Gotrek books and to understand <laughs> the character. And I suppose the main thing they were concerned about was tonally that Gotrek felt like Gotrek. That's the, the biggest way that I could have messed up this book was that people who've read and enjoyed Gotrek and Felix books. He said, picked it up and, and it just didn't feel like Gotrek in terms of his personality. Right. That would have been the biggest problem, I think. So they, um, early on, they asked if they could see some of my first kind of rough drafts and they asked me if I could write. There's a, I wrote a short story beforehand called The Never Spike. And that was kind of a toe in the water so that it gave me an idea of, of if I enjoyed writing the character, which I kind of knew I would, but it also gave. It gave them a chance to see whether I'd got a good handle on him. So, yeah, I'd say they didn't give me any real strict constraints on the story or the plot. Uh, they just were really keen that I, I got the tone of the character right and, um, and that it felt like him. Um, but 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 I'd, having already read a lot of Gotrek fiction, that kind of felt it felt easier f- for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. So quite. So, but there, there will be other books. So. Uh, Blackstone Fortress, which is a 40k novel I wrote, was based. It tied into a, a specific game, and and for example, with that one, there were some very specific constraints, things I needed to talk about. So I'd say it varies from novel to novel. I think that I find that I did, I kind of find that fascinating, uh, especially because, like you said, you're writing for a character who has something like uh, I th- what seven hits eight. I mean, I I think Realm Slayer was the 18th like book book not including all the short stories so that's just this yeah yeah huge treasure trove so i didn't go through all of them again so what i did was <laughs> i went i went for, i mean i would have been happy to do but i didn't have time but I, what i did was i went through i read some of the ones i read early on which was like troll slayer and skaven slayer and is it demon slayer the third i can't remember the order but the the first three um bill king books and then i yeah. read some of the most recent david geimer stuff uh, really to look at where he's got him out, and there's and there's a really cool short story 
and I've, I've forgotten the author's name now, called Bone Desert, that is an Age of Sigmar Gotrek short story. Oh, uh, um, um, uh, Robbie, Robbie McNiven. That's right. And I loved that. So I read that as well. And I thought that, thought that was really cool. And I think from memory, Malinette's in that one too. So yeah, so I, um, so I read, uh, I read around this, but yes, it is, it was daunting. I was nervous because I thought <laughs> he's of all the characters, I think he's probably the most well-loved character I've ever been involved with. Um, I know how, how many people are really attached to the character. Uh, and so, yeah, so there was a kind of, there was a weight of expectation thinking, you know, if I mess this up, um, but it could have backfired. But the thing that helped with that is, as we mentioned earlier, the editorial team at the Black Library, they know their stuff so well that if I really was, if I was, if I was going off track, I think they would have, they would have told me really early on. So that gave me confidence that they were pleased with the way I was tackling it. I didn't really feel like, the beauty of writing about library books is because the editors get so involved, you don't really feel like you're writing in isolation. It's almost like being part of a team right. um, and, and with the other authors as well. So I was able to talk to David Geimer a lot as I was working on this, and we exchanged a lot of ideas. He, By that point, he was working on his second Realm Slayer audio drama right. uh, called Blood of the Old World, I think it's called. So he was already working on that. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it really feels like a collaborative project when you're writing black library fiction, which is, I suppose, quite unusual for a novelist. Normally, you're, you're kind of a lone gun, um, but you, it's really like being part of a team. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I, no, I you did. No, no, please go ahead. I'm, that's, I, I'm, 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 I am interested in all of this. Um, now, you mentioned you wrote Orion, and mm, that yeah. just that just made something click for me because before we get into any real sort of specifics and questions about the the different story stuff uh, do you in orion's one of these somewhat unknowable characters yeah. or it always seems and um uh, just i mean even from the beginning when the wild hunt caught that guy and they're like you're the new orion i was like oh that's kind of horrifying like what they did to him <laughs> i did want it to be yeah i wanted it to be horrifying i thought those so you got in in Sorry, go on, finish your question. No, no, because, I mean, you totally tricked me, because I'm like, okay, here's the character. Like, here's the guy who's going to be the sidekick, the something other, and they're like, yeah, no, yeah. we're going to gut him and make him the new Orion, and I was just like, wait, <laughs> what is happening? And, of course, he then dies, so he lives and dies with the season, so I mean, if I'm honest, I didn't really understand the complexities of that character until I got into writing the books, and maybe, but I was glad, I was glad, so he's a, he is a unique character, and I love that idea that he was, that the... Um, that the wood elves are so linked to their environment and 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 the place that they lived in uh that it, it kind of controls that that even their own existence so so their king lives and dies with the seasons orion is part of the forest and part of the seasons um uh, but he's also an on he still has um a continuity because the spirits of each of the previous uh consort kings they live they, they live within him so uh obviously that's a very alien concept and very strange um, but, um, but I thought what, what I wanted with the wood elves was to really distinguish them from high elves or dark elves. So with the high elves being very, very noble, obviously, uh, and the dark elves being, having this, the kind of sadism and cruelty side, I didn't want the wood elves to fall into either of those camps. So I really focused on the bestial, uh, wildness of them. So they're, they, they, they're, they are brutal and their world is brutal, but they're not cruel necessarily they're just very strange and they think in a different way to humans and they're driven by nature uh and a need for survival so i thought they were almost closer to um animals in some ways than 
than than a human. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Orion. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, I did in that in that trilogy, which is strange, is the first incarnation of Orion. Um, he's actually he's he's unaware, but he's been cursed. So there's an influence. So chaos is influencing everything that's going on in Athel Loren at that point. Um, so it's magnified all the. So Orion is a terrifying character anyway, a very wild, obviously leading the wild hunt, and he's very savage. But the but chaos have have uh, without him knowing it um, magnified that. So he's 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 even more of a terrifying force of nature than usual. Um, which um, leads to to problems, but um, no, I, I love doing those books. Um, uh, There's a very the, elemental it, yeah. feel, yes, to that. Yeah. In fact. Um, just the forest of Athaloran. It's like it. it there's the, and even the the army books would always show sort of an uneasy truce between them. Like the forest didn't really want people in there, except they accept the elves, and there's sort of a a blend, a mix. But even the beginning of that is as the as that tracker character was going through the the forest. It's yeah, like, it's like yeah, it accepts you, but if you screw up, it might just kill you just because that's what it does. Nothing personal, but don't don't yeah. They're, yes, they're kind of the the wood elves are kind of tolerated, and I think it's a, a symbiotic kind of relationship. Absolutely, the forest can turn on them and does, and some parts of it are more dangerous than others. The thing, the thing I was um, when whenever he's attacking elves, there's always like the specter of Tolkien hanging over, and I was thinking the way to make these not like Tolkien elves was um, to to go to tie them closer to the you know the really weird, dark, medieval kind of folklore and myths of elves that the kind of um, they're, they're looming in the background of human society, and, and uh, but they're very alien, um, and they've got lots of strange decision-making processes based on 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 nature, but but in a way that we wouldn't understand. So yeah, I wanted to make them unknowable and weird, but obviously you also need to get some sympathy and sympathetic characters in there. So they're they're effectively they're fighting fighting um, something even stranger and more dangerous than they are, which is chaos. And, and they're fighting for things that we can understand, which is to protect their world and their family and their and to, their future and to, and to preserve their traditions. I did know as well. I knew at that point that I was writing the books. I knew about the end times. They're on the horizon. Um, I don't think that had been announced to the public, but I knew the old world was was um, was going to die. So I tried to get that sense in the books as well. This kind of looming apocalyptic kind of thing hanging over them affecting what they were doing but yeah yeah i mean those those books were a long time ago so i struggled to remember them but i um, <laughs> but i enjoyed them <laughs> no that's uh, heck the whole end times saga coming up i just remember reading that the, and and yeah. every every big book would come out and be like okay here's how they and they, they, they kept tricking me you know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay yeah. here's how they're going to solve it okay no here's how they're going to solve it <laughs> yeah i thought i thought games workshop played that already well yeah it was I got to say, for, for someone who was not expecting the world to end, uh, for someone who was expecting <laughs> this to be another grand epic, we, we saved it. Yeah, um, yeah. It was quite satisfying. You know? It was. They, they turned it into, I mean, it was a, the thing was driven by a commercial uh, desire to, to change the range. And I think they turned it into a really great part of narrative, the, the story of war. But also, I mean, loads of, I know some people were unhappy about their favorite characters or factions dying at that point or being taken out of range but i think what the what games workshop have also done really well i mean you're talking about orion and when you look at the sylvaneth range now there's so many of the same themes have been carried through 
uh, in that race. So I think lots of the threads are still there. There's just cool new miniatures and uh, and armies coming out, but they all tie back into the the earliest forms of Games Workshop. The the um, you know the, the the headlines of of, of Warhammer have stayed the same. The Chaos Powers and lots of the Pantheon, lots of the gods are the same. Uh, and and the motivations of the character. So I think it's there's still a lot of the same story carrying on. It just freed Games Workshop up to to the setting of the old world was quite limiting in terms of inventing new races or events or moving the story forward. And I think it feels like a really great time for Games Workshop. Oh, I yeah. think, well, you think how moment, many years people were yeah. like, oh, let's go to Cathay or let's go to you know yeah. there, and it's like we we always wanted to go to one of these two countries, and it's like now we can go. Now it's like well, here, how about this? How about we go everywhere? now they go anywhere and also the 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 games designers and the miniature designers a miniature designers are so freed up so a lot of the the stuff that was alluded to in the old world like Cathay there were obvious real world parallels it was obviously based on real geography and real parts of Europe or Asia whereas now um it's it's purely fantastical so if the guys in the design studio have a a crazy idea there's just no limits to what they can do but but it seems to me like they're still being careful when they're having these ideas to think how does it fit in with the the, the 30 years or whatever it is of games workshops backstory um so they they still keep building on that ongoing narrative and all the same themes are there because you could the danger i guess is they could just stray into generic fantasy but I don't think they do. I think it all, it all still no. builds on things that have gone before. And that was a great tie-in there uh, at the end. But when when you basically make your biggest characters the avatars of this type of magic. Yeah. So that way when you yeah, pull through yeah. to the other range, you have each of them can be in a realm and then bring their memories through. And then you've got this nice tie-in that works so well, which you don't see it coming when you're reading the book or reading those, you know, those the, the big, you know, the that they put out the five, the five yeah, big books. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. And I think, and I think there's a lot of that stuff that, um, that the, the games workshop design studio did with, with the current so a character like Sigmar. So we don't really fully know all of his motivations, but the, uh, we, we know he wants to reconquer the realms and he wants to drive chaos back. But we do, we don't know all of his motivations in terms of why he wants to kind of unify the realms and and, and what what his ultimate goal is because obviously he's lost his home and his world um, right and I th- and I do know there are lots of thoughts in the design studio they do have a lot of this stuff pinned down for why the big major players are trying to do things and not all of it has been revealed so I think over the years the the Age of Sigmar setting is just going to become more and more realized and interesting over time uh it already feels to me it feels like a big step from from that first launch the first edition of the rule book to where they're at with the newer version of the rule book the well even in the even in the original stories i mean i've, I've read all what they put out like what 14 i think 14 little it was like stormcast novels running through the, the yeah. realm gate wars yeah. and it was like it was pretty much all stormcast and if anybody else yeah showed up i'm oh look beastmen attacked they all died like you know, they, they, <laughs> it was it was it was corn and and yeah. stormcast and everything else was kind of cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's but there's a it's it's easier for authors now to do that in those early days of Age of Sigmar. Everything was really kind of flying by the seat of its pants. There, there was a lot. Um, there was a lot that hadn't been worked out. So when authors were writing novels, they, we weren't all allowed to write about as, things in perhaps in as much detail because that detail wasn't there. And if we tried to pin down the detail, it might contradict what the studio were going to do. But now there's now they fleshed out the setting so much more. We can or novelists can spot where 
where the gaps are and, and but but build things in the right di- move things in the right direction um it's cl- it's a lot closer to 40k which has obviously been established for a lot longer right. age of sigma already feels like that but yeah it'd be interesting to see where it goes over the over the forthcoming years and decades how much of a hand do you guys have or did you guys have in helping to create some of that early stuff now that you mentioned it because that first book yeah. read like yeah, like like old mythology, like uh, North American, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Indian lores, like the the creation lores. I mean, how much of a hand did you guys have in in crafting that? Because, like you said, it was it was that vague, open sort of creation. It, it, it myth. was vague, and I, I would say I would say so. The, so the Black Library authors, not so much me, because this the, the Ghoul Slayer is the probably the, is the first full length novel where, where I've, like you say, I did write some Stormcast fiction, but things were quite vague, and so. This is really my first chance to, to play in that sandpit. But as some of the other Black Library authors that have, have been writing quite a few novels, uh, I think they've they've done a lot of the work of fleshing out the the ground level detail of, of of the mortal realms and what it feels like for normal people to live there, and physical characters. And so not not always just writing about things that are on the scale of gods and demigods. So I think they've done a lot of that work. I, I, to be fair, I think. Phil Kelly in in the Games Workshop Design Studio with the second edition, and a lot of the artists that were involved. I think they did they did the they did the work on a, on a sort of on a meta level of, of fleshing out the realms and thinking about yeah whether things are a flat Earth or whether they're a sphere and the kind of pseudo physics and metaphysics of how all the things link to each other. But but I feel like yeah the Black Library authors have done a lot of the work of of building the parts of the worlds that we can really identify with on on a ground level the smaller scale characters um, and and there's a there's a much better because I've been around so long I've been able to see the change in how Games Workshop deals with um, the novelists for the Black Library so there's a much closer link and there's there's a really a, a, a real sense of collaboration and trying to make the fiction that you're reading the novels tie in really well with the fiction that you're reading in the background of the of the rule books and the, the battle tomes um yeah it feels like it's one team pulling together it didn't always feel like that in, in previous incarnation of games workshop but um it feels like a great time there's a, a real desire to make a unified edifice of of ip that um because it's it's more fun for people to read to read things that that tie in well Oh yeah, no, I I agree hundred percent. In fact, that was one of the things when they were bringing Gotrek back. I said, okay, you know, once again, favorite character, happy to have him back. I'm like, how did he get back? Like, what is go- <laughs> you know? Because you, you can't you, you can't pull too many characters back because then you're no, just, no, you know, no. you wouldn't and you wouldn't want to because the, if the whole point is to free up the creativity of the people in the Games Workshop studio, you'd, you don't want to then tie them back to loads of old characters. But I think Gotrek was a great choice because. I mean, I'd mentioned him very early on. Uh, we talked about with Age of Sigmar how one of the challenges, um, if it's such a big, amorphous, uh, uh, high fantasy setting, how do you how do you get people to um, connect with it? And we talked about the need for kind of lower level characters, or, uh, who, or at least characters that weren't gods, to, to navigate through it. And Gotrek was one of the ones. I used as an example of, of how that kind of character, because they did so well in the old world, Gotrek and Felix traveling through the old world. Um, get, you know, they were navigating these huge kind of uh, wars and events that are going on, but on a much more personal level. But I think the other, the other great thing about bringing Gotrek back is he's just like, he's the funniest person. You, the one person that wouldn't want to survive. Oh, it's, and he it's, actually has survived. So I think I, I love the irony of it. 
Well, and that in the old novels where the other slayers are like, get out of here, and they lock him up. What are you doing? He's <laughs> like, I'm going to meet my doom because if I'm next to you, I won't because you won't die. <laughs> yeah. It's just there's so it's many like, yeah, great Yeah, the gods bits. are just constantly playing these cool joke, cruel jokes on him. Oh, it, he's at, oh, I, I, I just love him. I feel so like I, I can go through like the like just remembering all the snorry nose biter coming in, forgetting his doom. They've got to go and help help him refine it. Um, yeah. When Gotrek uh, is there and he's off doing something and Felix is sitting with those other dwarves for the first time. And I'm calling them dwarves because yeah. he's back in the old stories. And they're like, you're his yeah. remembrancer. And there was that sort of awe. I just, oh, I got uh, the feels, as the kids say. <laughs> I got all choked. I was like, you realize, and that's, that's that point where Felix realizes how actually important he is to to him, to Gotrek. As, yeah, as, I as, mean, the, one of the tricky things with the new with the new novels is finding a companion. Well, I think so. So Felix was such a great um, counterbalance to Gotrek. Uh, and uh, to trying to find something. So in the end, well, in the end, what I, I didn't try and do in the novel was make, I didn't try and make Malaneth like Felix. Um, I tried to make a different dynamic between them because I think um, it, it would have been a mistake to try and mirror the thing that had gone before. But you need people who are kind of, who are, are um, yeah, who are a counterbalance to Gotrek's character. Uh, but I mean, and also the great thing in these novels is there are people tied to Gotrek who would, uh, rather probably that he wasn't around. He's a he's a massive pain in the arse because oh, of yeah. the nature of his personality and the way he, he leads everybody into terrible danger. And you can't and even go sit down really to dinner thinking, with him. Sorry, you, again. you can't even go sit down to dinner with him because he's going to start insulting somebody. Like, <laughs> he's going to insult somebody and he doesn't care what he says. That's the beauty of the character. And that's one of the great fun things of writing him. Uh, you know, we all have to tread so carefully in, in, in our normal um, situations in society. But with Gotrek, he does not care about what he says to anybody or what he does. He's completely fearless. Uh, and he always speaks his mind. Yes. He doesn't have a filter. So that's, that's <laughs> great fun to write. So you had mentioned how Malaneth you did. And I, have, I actually have in my note the new Felix. And I know that that's not – you just said that's not. But, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it starts off with her writing letters back to Azir, yeah. which is – I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, which is great. And obviously she is very different than Felix was following – Got Trek out of a, I mean, originally out of a weird romantic sense. I mean, he was, you look back, yeah, he was yeah, so he was young yeah, and naive he, when it started. Yeah, and he was he was kind of disowned by his family, wasn't he? And he had to. Um, but so I think the real, well, I, I did deliberately choose to have a letter at the start of the book, and that is a kind of, um, that, that is a nod towards the old books. I love the way that, that those um, section breaks worked in the old books, uh, mm-hmm. telling you what the next part of their journey or the previous part of their journey had been. So I, I, I did, it was fun to, to mirror that. But yeah, Malaneth is not like, is not like Felix, but um, in some ways there, there is a similar dis- dynamic in that she's often despairing of what, of what Gotrek is, is, is leading them into. But, and she, and she, and she wants to keep Gotrek alive and and I think over time, even in this first novel, because this is only the first four, you know, there've been all those Gotrek and Felix novels, and this is only the first Gotrek um, Age of Sigmar novel. And I think, and already by the end of the n- the novel, their relationship has changed. The dynamic has changed a bit. At the start, she's only interested in the fact that he's got this powerful rune embedded in his chest that could that could actually be of use to her in her particular predicament. Uh, but so she's so she's got a purely mercenary. Uh, attitude towards him but by the end of the novel 
she's because she's seen the orbit. power that he has uh, and the power he has over people. Um, I think, yeah, I think her opinion is starting to change. Uh, and the same with the, the Stormcast Eternal Trakos that's, that's with them. Um, Got Gotrek is this larger than life character and everyone's around him starts to get a sense that he's, he's a, um, a sense of destiny. There's, he's a clearly an important figure beyond the thing that's stuck in his chest. Um, he so, so doesn't yeah, think, want to be. That's the sorry, best part. He so doesn't want to be. <laughs> he just... yeah, yeah, which is the, yeah, which is the but in a way, perhaps that's why he's important. You know, it's almost like you know, sometimes the best politicians are people who don't want to be politicians. I think right. He's yeah. He's but I think um, but yeah. I think what will be interesting is over over novel over several novels. There is, what, what what bigger role he has to play in Age of Sigmar. I think he could be a really key player beyond just a kind of low-level adventurer moving around the, the big events. I feel like he could eventually be big, a big part of the story of Age of Sigmar. But if only because there's so much love for him uh, amongst the fan base, I think it'd be cool to see him interacting in some of the really big events. And he's, obviously he's got, a, he's got a brand new miniature that looks amazing, so he's probably part of oh, the yeah. range. Um, I'm starting to think he's so, never going to yeah. die. I'm starting. I mean, we used to joke. The only, I mean, we used to joke. My friends and I who read it back in fantasy is the only proper doom for him at this point is like to 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 like die at the at the end of the world. And they yeah. did that. Like and he's yeah. still yeah. here. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. He's functionally immortal, isn't he? He's just he can. Um, <laughs> he's the. But, I mean, and, and I think he he doesn't even fully understand what he is uh, and what. So he could be an avatar of Grimnir, which again would be a brilliant irony because he's so he's so angry with Grimnir because um, I think he's Grimnir that he probably of all the gods it's Grimnir that he probably thinks as as. Uh, misled him the most because he promised him this doom in the old world the ultimate doom holding back the tides of chaos in in the realm of chaos and and even that turned out to be a lie so i think um at some point he's probably he would probably i mean it's great there's other reason it's great when he meets fire slayers in the book i mean he's he's not got a lot of time for any of the dwarden the encounters no. but specifically fire slayers he just he they, they do his head in i think he thinks they're all fools well and because uh, they're not they're not slayers technically i mean they're not out doom seeking no, per se no. and that's got to be confusing to him when he finds a whole you know wait you've you've adopted the look and the style and you're not yeah seeking your that's got to be confusing for him but yeah you know, and yeah i mean i think but i suppose one of the things and, and that, all that kind of stuff's great fun to write um he's kind of disapproval of of the current status quo but i suppose over the over the long term and even in this first novel i was i was starting to think about well what how can he move beyond that? Uh, he, he's starting to, he will start to see um, things that mirror. He'll start to see things he respects and values uh, that, that are similar to things that he respected and valued in the old world. And I think over time, um, he, he's perhaps, he will soften a bit <laughs> and, and start to, <laughs> uh, or at least or at least think there are some things worth fighting for in, in the Age of Sigmar. At, at well, first, he says that at the end of the that. book, too. Where there, yeah. he's got that chance to go through, and he realizes now there's there's, yeah. there's stuff in here. Literally, in the book, um, he's. Can we get into some of the some of the specifics and the characters in the book? Because I yeah. had questions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we touched on Malaneth a little bit, who's not the new Felix, uh, but I like her because she's not just following him the way he did. Uh, you know, it starts off like you said. Yeah. She wants this rune, but and it be, it becomes like she's sort of also helping him navigate. Like he kind of needs her. Like he didn't necessarily yeah, he, need Felix, yeah. but he needs her. 
Yeah, yeah, she's almost a guide for him, isn't she? I mean, she's definitely got her own agenda. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but she, but part of that means she needs to keep him alive, um, at least in the short term. So yeah, so yeah, I suppose she is. She is a kind of guide because that's uh, one of the great things about Gotrek in Age of Sigmar uh, is that he doesn't understand Age of Sigmar, and that's that's really useful in a character in a, a fantasy setting because he can he can legitimately ask questions. Uh, without it seeming like um, an authorial kind of cop out, because he, yeah, he he is asking, he is confused by things. Uh, so he's great. He's he's learning about the Age of Sigma at the same time as the reader. But yes, I guess you're right. She is kind of a guide for him. And then you bring in uh, what's his name, Trakos, Trakos. Yeah, Trakos. Yeah. And now, is he just that? Is that? physical like because he's got the lightning crackling around him and i know sometimes that happens when they've been reforged several times but they yes, mentioned how yes. he had a limp and he was kind of wounded and he's not going back uh they don't seem to bleed normally they bleed that crackly lightning is he just sort of that wounded or is this just some of his reforgings where he just seems to crackle and get into it because he was he was interesting uh because uh, 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 we hear those stories about the stormcast who are becoming Less and yeah, less human, yeah. more and more vicious, and he went full on vicious. Uh, and it so that this is exactly. Well. So, I mean, I mean, he's from a storm host that are known for being hardline anyway. But I think, um, but absolutely. So that seems to me to be one of the most interesting things about Stormcast Eternals is this reef, the dangers of the reforging process. Um, and although they are technically immortal, um, it's not as as as. Um, it's not as clear cut as that makes it sound. They, they are dying. Each time they die, they, part of them die. There's, and I know you'll know all this, but right. I thought that was an interesting thing to explore to its extreme case. And I think that is one of the, the key aspects of the Age of Sigmar story as it moves forward, that Sigmar has, has created this, uh, this weapon uh, that he's using to reclaim the mortal realms, and the weapon is going wrong. It's, it's malfunctioning. Yeah. I think I can't remember the detail. I think in some ways he was rushed. The, the process of forging his arms. I think his hand was forced. Yeah, he knows it's imperfect. Um, it's an Im- it's an imperfect he, system, yeah. and he's trying to fix it, which I think is fascinating. Because when this first came out, and you're like, you're I'm reading this, and I'm like, wait a minute. So if they die, they just come back like this. I mean, it it was a great counterbalance because you have all the the chaos characters still came through like into the new yeah yeah get, because they just, they they don't die. They just get reforged from their masters. Um, having these guys come through and it's like, okay, now these guys can just keep coming back. At first it seemed, I I, I didn't, I didn't know how I felt about it when you found out they they just get reforged and come back because you're like, oh, so, okay, so no, there's no stakes because nobody dies. Yeah, there's no, I don't think that if, yeah, if if the reforging process was a happy one, then I think the story would, yeah, it would lose a lot of the drama, but it isn't at all. And I think, and that's those. So now that's turning into a really interesting part of the stories is the reforging is changing them and making them inhuman, or at least, um, uh, yeah, it's changing the nature of how they think. Uh, then, so th- then you're left with a situation where what has Sigmar created, and is the thing he's created as bad as the thing he was trying to stop? Right. I think that's a really because interesting it's on story. the Stormcast minds. Because every time I read any of these Black Library books where they focus with Stormcast, whether it's Black Talon or any of these characters, there's always a conversation between a couple of Stormcast about how many times they've been reforged. 
Yeah. You know, it's almost like when you watch a World War II film and they talk about the places they've been and the tours they've been on here. It's like how many times have they been reforged and what it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it becomes this sort of. And it's ominous. It's like they all know it's there and they kind of talk yeah. about it. it. It's a great element. And ha- having trackers yeah, walk yeah. around just singing and swinging hammers and just becoming this sort of. I mean, he was. It was. I liked that he was so different than every other Stormcast I'd seen. Yeah, he's really. He has he's to really be. losing. The, I mean, the, the singing thing was. I mean, the, 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 I was thinking he, he he's so far removed from who he was. I think by this point he's he's forgotten the name of his family members and his original motivations, even for fighting from his first forging. He's he's losing. So I guess at that point, what you'd start to do is try and cling on to something that roots you in your past and so yeah he's yeah he's latched onto the hymns the uh, sigmarite hymns so he goes around singing these ridiculous songs as he's fighting <laughs> but i think i've always loved the idea that in, in, in a battle line of some stormcast eternals you're going to have the newly forged kind of uh, first timer uh, who's perhaps all, all gung-ho and excited about going to battle and then he turns to the guy that's next to him who's this kind of sparking twitching inhuman monster uh, and and realizes that that's what fate has probably got in store for him at that point they might start to realize what what, what lies ahead and i think that's yeah it's a great part of the story so so yeah that I, that was why i wanted trackos in there um uh to, as, as an exemplar of that kind of problem and, it, and like i said i thought he was interesting because i think it would be more difficult to put in a, a reg a quote-unquote regular stormcast with mm-hmm. gotrek like you know what i'm saying they're just uh, without all of this, these little quirks and ticks he's got, I, I can't picture a Stormcast just sticking it out with him for almost any no. reason. No, somebody who was actually quite kind of sane and, and, and right-minded would, would, would be, yeah, wouldn't hang around. I think, I do have to, I admit, I find it hard to write about uh, people um, who are not at least partially uh, crazy when you're writing in such a crazy <laughs> setting. I think anybody who's in that situation, they must be slightly deranged in some way to even be there, certainly to be there with Gotrek. Um, so yeah, I think uh, there's, there aren't really many kind of, um, well, I'm being mean to them saying they're crazy, but they're, they've all got a slightly <laughs> unusual slant. Well, so even, like I said, I was just, I was re, re, re-listening and rereading, preparing for this. Um, and yeah. before they go into that final, or one of those huge battles, uh, Malineth looks down at her, the vial yeah. of blood at her, I think it says, am I the only one here who's not crazy? She asked the vial of blood yeah. around yeah, her yeah. neck. No, like, yeah, they're all crazy, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now how now Godrick is? I mean, he's never. It's never his POV. It's you never get Godrick's. You never go see it literally through his eyes. This is yeah, always. Yeah. You've Do always you know, had I think a, that might have been. You were asking earlier about um, whether there was any specific constraints on on the, and I think that might have been specified by the editorial team because that's how he's always been traditionally written about. I think I think you'll find in in all the novels. Right, that's been the case. No, it's always been I, that way. In fact, that's w- one of the great points of Felix is y- y- Felix is telling his story. It's not Gottrek telling the story. It's always Felix writing yeah. it down, trying to get into his head. So I was going to ask you if it was difficult to write for a main character who you can't you can't tell it from there. But then you wrote Orion, as you mentioned at the beginning. I'm like, oh wait, he- <laughs> I think I, I, in a way, I think with a character like Gottrek. I, I would I probably would have chosen that anyway because I think if if I was in his head a lot it would kind of diminish him because he is a larger than life character and you want to see him um from the perspective of people who are, who are terrified of him or 
or despise him or 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 um, I've got a lot invested in him. And I think by by showing him in that way, it gives him the correct level of importance in the story. I'd, I'd, I think if I'd gone inside his head, I'd be worried about diminishing him. If that, does that make any sense? No, it totally makes sense. I don't want to know his thought process on why he does stuff. I like the fact that he. Yeah. I never know what he's going to do until he does it. He, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he should be unpredictable, and 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 you do know some of, of his thought process because he t- he's so happy to tell you what he doesn't. Hide, you know, he's not somebody who would be who'd be subtle about that. So yeah, he's quite happy to tell you what he's thinking. So a lot of that stuff does come through. But as you say, you don't always know. But yeah, he's definitely he definitely needs to be unpredictable. That's a key part of his these these violent mood swings. He, he oh, has. Sure. I think one of the great fun things about him. Well, and you also had the the Ghoul Kings written in there, which we've all learned yeah. about the the. The flesh eater courts and their delusionalness. Well, I mean, when that character came in and he was like, "I'm here to save you," and he's like, "What are you?" and I'm like, "Wait, what's happening?" and then you realize, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, that's oh, where's all this blood coming from?" It, 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 you, <laughs> I mean, that's classic Games Workshop. I mean, the, yeah. the Games Workshop background is full of these these really fun. Um, I say fun, so more really tragic, so wonderful. Kind of, um, uh, yeah, these are really the kind of real tragedies, aren't they? I mean, I think so. Yeah, there's that was fun to write. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the per- I'm not the first person that's tackled that that aspect. But yeah, I, I love the idea of doing it to such an extreme where they 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 absolutely have no idea of the, the truth of what's going on, and the reader can probably quite quickly realise what what's really going on. But it was, it was good fun to do. No, and and that was one of the things I kind of gathered from as I'm reading. I'm like, he likes to write from things that didn't didn't. Like you're gonna set it in Shyish. You're gonna set up like we always. Like, what kind of people would live there? You you, you feel. I yeah. mean, there's there's so much in this novel, particularly. It's one of the reasons I I tried to get in touch with you and ask you about this is because there is so much in this novel from stuff that we we just you. There's so little about it, and you you fleshed it out and made it sort of make sense. Like I mean, obviously, think, if you're born yeah. in the realm of death, you have no choice. But filling out how they get along, how things work through, was really. I found I found it very interesting, and I'm not just trying to. I'm oh, not trying like, to sit you here think. and I mean, you know, kiss your no, backside. I appreciate that. But, yeah, and I think one of the so a realm of strangers, Shyish. So Shyish, um, it's not simply um, it's not just a hell or a heaven. It is a real place where living people um, are trying to forge a life, and they all have communities and societies. Uh, so I guess one of the useful things. Is it, I love world building and making stuff up, and and with the with the mortal realms, you've got so much space to do that. Um, so yeah, so I, I picked a place called the Amethyst Princedoms, which are mentioned in the rule book, but they're they're really just a name on the map, and I think there's a, there's a small amount of detail on them, but not much. So I chose one of the Princedoms, but what I tried to do with the people that live there is make their concerns and their beliefs recognisable to us. So so they really care about preserving their history and they have respect for their ancestors. And these are things that chime with Gotrek yeah. when he encounters them. Um, but I also thought for a reader's point, so I didn't want these people, even though they live in a really strange place, I didn't want them to, them to seem completely alien because they are pe- normal people and they care about their families and these kind of things. So I think, um, so yes, I, I guess uh, I'm losing my thread. Uh, no, just but, filling in that dark, that, that empty spaces in the in the realms. Yeah, yeah, you need to care about the realms. One of the great things about the end times, and the reason it was it was kind of enjoyable, was the people are so invested in somewhere like Middenheim or Altdorf. These places felt quite real because there'd been so much fiction mm-hmm. written about them in such detail. When Games Workshop decided to nuke the whole place, it, it felt it felt significant, and that's what what. what we need to aim for with the Age of Sigmar setting and the Mortal Realms. And I know Games Workshop have been doing a lot of work 
to make um, specific locations, uh, specific um, uh, outposts of, of, of the Stormcast Eternal, Storm Keeps, and, and things like that that, that are going to get referenced in diff- different cities and things. And I think, um, but yeah, talking about the people that live there is definitely a big part of it. There were lots of jokes at the start where they just said more about well, how do they bake their bread and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> but I think you, and you want to make the stories focus on the exciting bits, but you, you need to make the people feel believable and um sympathetic in some way right all right so i know we've only got about five maybe ten minutes left top so i want to i want to hit you with a couple of uh, quick ones here and if you can't if if it's a spoiler for something in the future feel free to be like a spoiler Um, but there's just a few things i noticed that i took notes on that i just had to mention you had mentioned earlier um gotrek being an avatar possibly of Grimnir, um, when he's fighting at that one point in the book where he stops he's, and he's, he's angry. He's, he's trying to get into my head. You can't have me. Um, yeah. Oh, that was... He would, he would hate... Yeah, he would hate... So So if it's true... And, and it certainly isn't a definite fact, but but that's one one perception can be that he's... Yeah, he's becoming an avatar of Grimnir or kind of Grimnir reborn. And I think Grimnir... I've got a feeling um grimnir alluded to that in the past that he would have, he would have effectively pick up the mantle right. from him i think in one of the final um old warhammer books but um yeah so absolutely you're right so if that is true then that's going to be an absolute torment to him that would be the worst of all worlds if he's becoming the thing he's, he despises and he would certainly do everything to stop that happening right At and i moment, kind of i kind yeah, of bought so, into yeah. that i'm sorry i bought into that right away only because the whole book it's like he lied to me he lied to me he lied to me and now you've got his and when he slammed it in his chest and it became grimnir's face i'm like oh you are in yeah. so much trouble and it, wasn't, it, and it wasn't grimnir's face was it until it was in his chest because it was just a it was a rune i think it was only after he'd put it in his body that it transformed into to so all these things are suggesting what's happening but yeah so either either way but we don't know yet the way that's going to pan out um all we know is he's got this incredibly powerful room the reason malaneth was originally trying to secure it for uh, uh the order of azir was because um, it's 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 like the ma- it's it's a, I can't remember the name of it. it's a master in anyway. It's an incredibly powerful rune that if right. if it could be used by um, Sigmar, it'd be a really powerful weapon against uh, chaos. So so now it's walking around in, in Gotra. It's like the worst place it could have ended up is in Gotra. <laughs> um, and um, so you can imagine that's that's going to end up being an ongoing story. Of these people trying to, to, to get the thing. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so then. So yeah. I'm sorry. Um, okay, him taunting Trakos about um, well, Bonehead and the Thunder Dunce, as you liked to put it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe well, he's just he's, sitting there hitting himself. Is he going senile? Maybe he's sitting on his throne just hitting himself in the head with his hammer. <laughs> I well, was <laughs> dying. I was there like, I'm dead. And Trakos is, is t- I could see his face underneath his mask turning red <laughs> as he's just i'm like gotrek just don't care like well you've got this character gotrek who's like he's so angry with the gods and so does he's he's really over religion he's he's left all that behind he's, he's not he's not he, and then he's ended up in this place where he's surrounded by piety he's surrounded by these people who who are so devoted to their gods whichever one whether it's cain or sigma um, so yeah, that must be, it must seem absurd to him. These people that are slavishly following their gods, believing that their gods are going to save them when Gotrek's absolutely sure that you can only save yourself and the gods are not going to help you in any way. Um, right. and that's, yeah, that's one that's, of the things yeah. I wanted to ask you about, cause he does talk about how none of them care about the soldiers on the front line. They're doing it for the, he keeps mentioning it's their own yeah. reasons. And then he says something that I wrote down and he asked him, um, he sits there and he's like, they're fighting and he's like, I don't know what he's doing here. These aren't his wars. 
when he's talking about Sigmar. And he goes, these aren't his wars. Why is he yeah. even fighting here? And why is Nagash fighting here? And I was – that was one that made me – because. I I mean I haven't read everything obviously there's so much stuff coming out from Black Library yeah, but yeah. this idea that somebody is just questioning why are you even like I know you wound up here I mean you survived from yeah, the world yeah, that yeah. was but what do you what's what is your ultimate plan and that's I that stopped me cold I'm like oh god his character is because he's one of the few who came from the old world who's not in a position of godhood at the moment it's yes. such a yeah, unique yeah. perspective. He's, like, he's been around long enough where he yeah, and he's met and he's met Grimnir and he's met. I think he's even met uh, Alariel. I think he's yes, met, he's met. He's met. He's actually he's not a god, but he has met gods. He met Teclis. Uh, I remember that book because they were walking yeah, through the mud and right, Teclis yeah, was walking over it yeah. so he wouldn't get dirty. His take on it it stopped me cold, and I'm I'm hoping that that gets revisited. Yeah. He's he's a yeah uh, he's a stranger in a strange land which is great so he can he can see things from a different perspective to everybody else and make observations that might not have occurred to them because it is an interesting thing what what is Sigma what is Sigmar's purpose what is um, he's not just going to be fighting for fighting's sake and why does he want to unify the realms and and, and yeah and and he, that, that's not his home so yeah I think there they are interesting questions but Gottrek's main viewpoint would be that the gods are all idiots and people are even bigger idiots <laughs> for following them um, that's the main thing point he'd want to make bonehead and the thunder dunce. I swear, <laughs> the Thunder oh, so Dunce was my favorite. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very um, I'm, uh, um, yeah, I really hope I get to write more Got Trick. He's, he's just, uh, yeah, he's, a so, great, he's just a great comedy character. I've got, uh, I've got one observation and then one last question, and then I will uh, let you go. Um Okay. I noticed that Gottrick drinks tons of beer. Uh, whatever he gets, it's not Bugman's. But the lady in the bar, he drank yeah. everything, and they're all kind Anything of shocked. Get, yeah. But beer makes him seem to get more violent, but wine got him all talkative. Um, really got him to open <laughs> yeah, it changed up. changed his mood. Um, yeah, so he's – yeah, I guess it's a sign of the desperation of his situation. He's, he's just resorted. He's drinking anything. Um, <laughs> uh, he doesn't care. Yeah. But, but yeah, okay. wine has a strange effect on him. So last question. Um, and uh, this is the one that I have a feeling you're not going to get to answer. Was that Felix? Uh, it seemed like it was uh, Felix. I wanted to believe so badly. It was, and I know that's my fanboy coming out, <laughs> but it looked like him and it sounded like him to Gotrek. And then, because the, the thing that it, it could have been a fake. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so the guy that they're dealing with at that point is the, a fraud. The yeah. Guy, the guy that they're in a room with. But he was surprised. When Felix sh- like the, and I was I went back and reread it. I'm because like, even he was like, well, it should come through clear, and it's not coming through perfectly clear. Like, there's something protecting him. Definitely. So things, yeah, things didn't go quite as he expected. And also, Felix spoke in a way. Um, he he doesn't say much, as you remember, but the things he says uh, really resonate with Gottrek in a way that uh, that only Felix could do. So so there's definitely something going on there. But yeah, I can't say I can't okay. say whether it was him or not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't necessarily want him to show up as a Stormcast because Gotrek and the Stormcast is not the good buddy cop picture I want to watch. <laughs> but I just, no. it, I mean, it, I mean, Sigmar is saving people from everywhere and every time. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know what's happening, but you've, you, you've got me. You've got me. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I, it, it, I, it's, I'm reading. I, I'm, I'm. I, God, Trek's back. I'm so happy. <laughs> like, yeah. So no, good. me too. Me too. It's great. And I think, yeah. I guess, I guess it's one of those things that could have worked or not worked. And I, to me, certainly when I was writing, I felt like this really works. He's, he's. It's great fun seeing him in this situation and getting his perspective on this, on this, this, these realms. It, to me, it felt like a, a really good fit. So yeah, long, long may he live. 
Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think he he might put his axe in you for that comment. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, is there anything else that you is, is there anything coming up that you wanted to mention or or plug or promote? I mean, I don't think I don't think I think this. So, I'm working on more stuff for Games Workshop, um, but it's I wouldn't be allowed to mention it just yet. So, um, but I would say I, would, I suppose if I was going to plug anything, I'd say if you've read Ghoul Slayer or listened to Ghoul Slayer and enjoyed it uh, and not heard the Realm Slayer audio dramas, definitely dig those out. Because I think they're they're great fun and um, they're telling part of the same story. Cool, that's great. Well, listen, thank you again so much for coming on and oh, uh, and, and talking to us here. And, but seriously, Darius, thank you so much for coming on. You'd have no, no idea pleasure, how David. exciting thank this you. was. Thank you for having me. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. and you're listening to Garish Hammer. And we are back. Back. What did you think of that interview? You haven't heard it. What am I asking you for? You did it, buddy. You did. I did. I wasn't sure if you could do it, but you did it. Uh, hey, you know what? I managed to get through the call, got him on, and we talked all sorts of cool stuff. Um, I, I you, was shocked that, that he was ripping on you for walking back your opinion. I know. <laughs> she was like, oh, the Bone Reapers, I heard you don't like them. And you was, must have made big news at GWHQ. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, he also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What now? Uh, you know, hey, can I ask you a question? Please do. Spoiler alert. Is Felix a Stormcast? Um, I hope not, but we never, Whoa. we didn't. Uh, that, that, that question was not answered. Didn't come up. Um, whether or not he was a Stormcast didn't come up. Uh, if, if possible Felix, Ghost O Felix, might have appeared in Ghoul Slayer. Spoilers. Um, I did Wait, have... that's a big spoiler. Isn't that a big spoiler? That feels like it, maybe it's a big spoiler. Not not particularly. Like it's Not sort of... in the way that AOS is formulated. Right. Spirits, souls. I mean, the whole theme is souls, right? Right. It could be anywhere. So They're everywhere. At the very end of the interview, which everybody else just listened to, but you didn't hear yet, uh, I just, I literally, I'm like, was that, was that really Felix? And he didn't, he didn't want to give me an answer. So, and I understand that. I didn't think he would, but, um, no, it's, 
I can't wait for the next book. I'm so happy. Like, it's my favorite Black Library series. I've read all those books, and now there's more does, of them. Does Darius have, you know, in, in the way that some authors just get characters, does he have Gotrek now? You know, I don't think he's going to be the only author doing it because they want to okay. spread it out. But, he, yeah, he's he gets him. Like, and he he said, he read, he, he was a fan of the Gotrek and Felix series. So that's that, cool. That helped. Um, did you did you listen to the audio with Brian Blessed doing it? It's so good. Is it? Yeah. I haven't listened yet. They audio drama it, so there's a little bit more in the background and stuff, and Brian Blessed does him really well. Just that cr- cranky old Gotrek coming, yeah. coming, coming back out of the chaos realm after how long, spitting out into the mortal realms, looking around like, what is going on? Doesn't like anything he sees either. It's so good. It's so he, much fun. Does his Gotrek make your engineer feel like, I don't know, maybe you should hang it up? You mean fire the master engineer? I, I, but why would I do that to him? Why would you do that to him? That's crazy. What am I? He can't. What's Amisa saying? <laughs> He does. He does. He does. Who else is going to intro the show after this Who much else time? Could I don't know. Like he I does the job. I'd be afraid to fire him. He would hit me. But what? What if he did like a little like this is Brian Blessed and you're listening to Garish Hammer. If I got Brian Blessed to intro the show, that would be yeah. the opening of every show. That's what I'm saying. We could. What if I did Brian Blessed doing Gotrek doing an intro to your show? Go for is that it. worth five bucks? I, I, I sure. All right. I'm not saying I'm gonna. I'm uh, not. You're not. Can you give me a sample of what it might be like? Can you do that now? Can we try? I, th- I think if you rewound it like ten no, seconds. No, 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 no. Daddy doesn't work for free. Daddy doesn't work for free. <laughs> I asked for a sample, not that I was going to use it. Hmm? Oh, see now, see now that you're not going to give me a sample, I'm going to go back to that one. I'm you gonna, want it more, don't you? I'm going to roll that in and out of every commercial for like months. I know you will. That's going to be, be amazing. That's going to be in my top three on my on our <laughs> Christmas special. Oh my top god! Top three is Rotor doing Brian Blessed doing Gotrek introing the show. Uh, it's going to be all. It's three my spots. legacy. It's my legacy. This and Skaven poop <laughs> is all I've got. It's all I bring to the table. People still bring that up when I ask yes, about well, they what should. You, when I say what's some of your favorite stuff from. They were like, "Where's the poop? I can't." Yeah, dude. You, you, you. you have, Thoughtful. You are indelibly Thoughtful. marked on this show. You, you know, for, that's the thing about this new old world game. Like they have an opportunity to answer that, right? Because like now in the in the mortal realms, it could be anywhere. They could shove it into a, 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 a realm gate, and it could land in a volcano. Are and, you saying that the reason that they're bringing out a whole new game is to explain Skaven poop? I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I'm saying it's a reason. Okay. But I mean, right. it makes sense. Listen to me. When we get the black, the background, and we're reading through, and there's one little throwaway line about Skaven Scat, you're gonna know right here, baby. Right here, baby. And everyone has to thank Mrs. Y Tech for throwing out the Xbox on that one. See, not only that, but that that's a, called a callback. That, that, that's, that's a callback. That's a, the first segment. It was fantastic, by the Thank way. You, that you are you you are a true master. You should be doing this more often. I realize oh my God, no. I realize that you like to keep it a rare treat. Plus I irritate you. Um but you 
you you just need to understand how wonderful you are doing this. There's no doubt. Yeah. So when the Skaven poop thing co- does come up, though, that proves, A, that somebody over there listens to this show. Dear God. Yeah. And, B, that you are something special, Rotor. And I just want to thank you again for coming on the show because I really didn't think this was going to happen again. And this has just been high-energy, fun show. You brought the heat, my friend. The heat, baby. You brought the heat. Um, I said, stay hydrated. I forgot to drink water. Oh, that's what's going on. Makes so much sense. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Right. Well, <sighs> listen, I'm I'm running out of heat, and and I got to go to bed. So you're running out of steam. Yep. Yep. Shut this thing down. All right. So uh, I do want to one more time uh, thank all our Patreon patrons. Those of you who. The 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. Again, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, and Christopher Sanders. You want to give them a little props there? Uh, Might no, as well. We're done. We're good. Oh, we're, we're done. Good. Wow. Okay. We're done. Uh, no executive producers. No new patrons. Okay. Uh, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. This is Brian Blessed, and you're listening to Garish Hammer!